Uh, all right. So my podcast this evening is with Karen Tryon. That's how you pronounce it? Tryon? Uh, and um, Karen is a rep for uh, an air gun company, which I was really interested in. Like, I, 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 I love guns, but I love guns in a different way than some of the people that love guns today. Like, some of the people online and, and the social media stuff. Like, I appreciate everybody who tunes in. I, I hope that they get something out of it. I hope that they can be open-minded and listen to different points of view and stuff like that. But... You know, immediately when we were posting that the podcast was coming up, but I was super excited about it. You know, because it'll, it'll be a fun topic for me to talk about. You know, they immediately take this stance of, "Oh, there's going to be this battle. Get it on." And you know, that's not really what I'm interested in. What I'm interested in is, um, and you know, there's people that I genuinely like to engage with on social media, and you're one of them. Like, I can have a conversation back and forth with you and it doesn't get goofy it doesn't get like you know i've had people that like you know i am carrying a gun and i will see you something like oh my god are you fucking kidding me you're threatening me like this i go you know you've lost the debate so i Those guess people don't represent me. right right no i know i know we talked about that there are some people on there that that don't represent you and and i would much rather have someone with your i think that your your voice is probably a benefit towards the gun situation, but not in a way. These people that are so rigid, my, my views on guns are it's a you better bend or you're going to break sort of a situation. If you're so rigid that nothing, nothing can happen, nothing can happen, nothing can happen because slippery slope or whatever other nonsense talking point goes on, you're going to break because sooner or later. And I think that I don't know how much you're paying attention to it, but I pay a little bit of attention to it. And it seems like the climate's getting a little weird. Like it's getting a little bit where I think that things that are gaining support that didn't have support maybe 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I think that things are going to change. And I personally don't want them to change in a way like I don't believe that AR-15 should be banned. Now, maybe this would be a more you know intense conversation if I had this like strong view like that. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not how I feel about about the situation now i don't feel like those guns should be on the street though i think that there's needs to be something like i think that there's got to be a middle ground there's got to be a way for if people enjoy shooting their ar-15 shooting a semi-automatic uh, rifle that they should be able to do that and we should be able to somehow reduce the fact that a guy can go into uh dayton ohio and shoot nine people in 30 seconds because 30 seconds and the cop was there and nine people were already shot. So it's the gun is. But you can do that with any gun. And there's a, I agree. And there's a, hmm, I agree to a point. You can do a lot more damage with that AR-15. The longer, the longer barrel creates a, a more velocity and it's a more accurate rounded further distance than something that's got a single barrel on it. That's my yeah, ballistics. I mean, it is an easier... Ballistically, that's true. I mean, if I'm going to shoot a sniper, they don't shoot handguns because the round's not as accurate at distance. Right. Well, I mean, what kind of distance are we talking about? No, well, I mean, you know, even a handgun, even at 30 yards, isn't as accurate as a, you know, two-two-three round in a, in a 22 inch barrel. True. There's less recoil. 
Right. I mean, it just, for me, and then, I mean, you can also, the balance of the gun, you're probably a little more accurate as far as shooting because it's not moving around on you, right? The recoil situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the, in, in my mind, and you know, explain to me how I'm wrong. That weapon, so, okay, so I'm a guy who grew up hunting. And when I see those weapons, I'm like, that's not, like, I'm looking for something with a wood stock. I, I went into... Um, Met, I, I, okay, well, you say that. But yeah, that's fine. I, I, don't, I don't care how it goes. I'm old school to the point of, like, I think it's absolute pussy to go hunting and shoot more than one shell at one pheasant. Like, it's just, what, what are you doing? This isn't that difficult. We're shooting a shotgun. The pattern opens up like a fucking basketball, like, you know, 20 yards from me. Take a breath. Wait a second. Shoot the damn bird. And that's it. And my objective when I go out to hunt is to, I want to go for a walk with my dog and I want to shoot two pheasants that afternoon, and then I want to eat pheasant and wild rice with wine sauce that mm-hmm. evening. That's my that's my objective for the day. Um, if I take someone out and they're just shooting all over the damn place, I'm never going out again. I'm going to get shot. Like, what are you right. doing? Um, so, but I had a I had a farmer who approached me, and he's like, "Yeah, I hear you. You know, do a lot of hunting. I, I do. I was doing a job for him, and he's like, uh, I got a coyote problem. And this guy had a hog operation." in outside of Manhattan, like big, big hog operation, like a thousand head of hog. Mm-hmm. So in the wintertime or in the summer, whenever it is, they have this big pit that they dig. And just when you have a thousand of anything, shit dies. So they take it out there and they throw it in a pit. Well, winter comes, the fence that's around the pit gets a snow drift. The coyotes walk up the snow drift, they're eating pork sickles all winter long. So there's like 25 coyotes all over this guy's property all the time. He's like, there's too many. I got to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's fine. I set a tree stand up, went out there, and they're going to walk down my hedgerow to get to this this pit. And I shot 18 coyotes in that year. Now, that was the – I'll give hunters a tip. I would take pictures of those coyotes hung up off the porch, and then I would show that to other farmers and be like, hey – you know, I'm really prolific at, I'm good at this coyote thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but can I take a couple of pheasants for dinner when I go out there and shoot coyotes? And I always got permission. I got permission in spots that neighbors would pull up and be like, what the fuck are you doing here? I've been asking this guy to hunt here for years. I've known him since I was eight years old. He won't let me hunt here. And I'm like, I'm hunting here. And I got written permission by Leslie and here it is. And mm-hmm. he's like pissed at the neighbor. But, you know, I'm going to take the coyote too if I get him, but I'm really there to pheasant hunt. That's, that's what I'm doing. So I went into mega sports and I'm like, Hey, I'm shooting this, uh, 22 rifle at, uh, these coyotes and I'm shooting from an elevated position. So I feel comfortable that I'm shooting into the ground. Like nothing's going to go wrong. You know, in Illinois, it's illegal to, to shoot. You can't shoot a 22 cause everything's so flat. That round carries and carries and carries. Um, but I, I feel like I'm pretty safe. I'm on private property. Um, but I wanted to get a 223 to shoot, and I wanted just a wood one, maybe five, six rounds. I don't need more than that because I'm going to shoot what I'm going to shoot. And the guy turns around and, you know, hands me this thing with, I'm like, no, what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, wage an assault on Hill 223. Like, what the hell is going on here? And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, what's the difference? The difference is, is I, I don't that to me it looks preposterous. It looks douchebag. Okay. I don't need. What? I know I got it. I got it. I got it. But for what my purposes, I don't need 
to then you know this this is right I, I get what you're saying I don't need to put a 30 round clip in it either like that's not gonna be necessary for me at any point in my hunt you know what I'm saying like I can I can carry two clips or you know I can do it that way right I can put two magazines in my in my little uh, bag when I go out right so that's just my position on it right so and I understand completely and hopefully some people that there's people on both sides of this argument that want to argue about it that don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, there's people that want to argue with you and they don't have any mm-hmm. ballistics idea as to what they think that an AR-15 is an assault rifle number 15 and it's there to, like somehow this is more powerful than another two two three, and it's not. The same gun, it's the round you put in it. Correct? Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I, I lost. No, you're all right. What did you say? I said, you know, the round is what matters. Like I can, I can put, I can buy a two, two, three rifle that's got a wooden stock and a little tiny clip on it, and I can put full metal jacket, hollow tip rounds, and I can do a whole lot of fucking damage. Mm-hmm. But I can also put field rounds in there, and I'm not going to do a whole lot of damage. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to kill what I'm going to shoot and stuff right. like that. Right. So, uh, you know, the round matters more than the the weapon that it's coming out of because. You could change out the barrels in an AR-15 too, and put a different caliber round oh, in it. Right, right, right. An AR-10 is like a 22 round or something like that. So, uh, so I mean, the, I understand that the that the weapon isn't isn't necessarily the problem. My problem with the weapon is you, you if you in the right hands you can you can put how many rounds can you put it in? It sounds an AR- like more of your problem with the weapon. The magazine because most of the ammo looks. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. shouldn't even be in. in it is for me. Show. I'm there to hunt. I'm not there to, like, uh, I don't know. It's just like an urban assault. Like but it's a, just everything is so accessible um, with them. Everything is right there. Right. It's and I very think lightweight. It's, I mean, seven pounds. Right. 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 Uh, very lightweight, very maneuverable. Um, I mean, you can't. You can't, you can't hate it because it looks. Oh, I no, think its I looks are beautiful. Right, right. I got, I got you. I get it. And I, I don't. Know. I hate is a big word. I don't. I, I don't necessarily hate it. I think more of a problem that you're having with them. Absolutely, absolutely, for sure. Yeah, there's. I see no. Now, okay. So let's keep in context, though. Well, we're just talking about hunting. I have no problem with a thirty-round magazine if you're at a shooting range and that's what you're there to do: is shoot paper targets mm-hmm. or. Hogan's Alley, however you're doing, like, that's mm-hmm. all fine. Like, it, that, I think that there's a place for that. So that's why I said I'm not for banning a weapon. But if, if we're if we're trying, if we're living in a country where we're trying to make everybody happy and we're trying to be safer, and it, it, I think it's, it's important for gun enthusiasts mm-hmm. to have a safe, thought about this because the say if these mass shootings weren't happening we wouldn't be having these conversations right i mean this would not be there wouldn't be people up in arms pissed off that these guns were on the street well i think um a lot of the sensationalism about it about these kids that are taking these weapons from wherever they're getting yep. them from right are made into kind of 
icons for all of our depressed kids and and their faces are all over the media and i think the media has a huge absolutely reason I why there's copycats mm-hmm. and uh i mean ars account for less than half a percent right but that, to me that's not an argument ways. right that that, that that's and like saying ars are the one that ones that are continuously Yes, yes. No, I, I, I think they're getting a bad rap, but I think that the looks of it help. Get, it's a really I sexy looking thing looks, on the news. You can't. Right? Or no? I mean, it looks like it's. It's, a, it's beautiful. Right, but. It, you may think something else is beautiful. Right. But I think they're beautiful. Right. So, I, okay, I have a love for guns that comes from an engineering um, aspect of the gun. I love that you can take a gun. If you, if you know what the drop is at the yardage and everything else with the mm-hmm. gun that you can place around within the 50 cent piece at a hundred yards with this thing that was engineered. I think that's awesome. I think that's really cool that you can do that. I mean, after you sight it in, which S- takes a little. Absolutely. Time. Absolutely. I've been and there. You can't right. Just go from shooting targets to shoot at 20 yards to shooting bullseyes at 100. No, 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 absolutely not. You'd have to adjust for the drop of the round and everything else. And I mean, the, the for me, like, so I grew up with uh, – Father was a Marine, and we grew up with guns and ammo books on the mm-hmm. tables all the time. You could always look up, like, what a two-two-three round at 40 yards the drop is. Mm-hmm. So then you calibrate your sights for that. I, they, I mean, I, I you know, like, I, I grew up deep into this. And I grew up, like I said, with a father who was a combat Marine in Vietnam. And when he would see somebody with one of those guns, he was still like, no. Like, no, that was it. And I'm just, all I'm doing is giving you the point of view from the culture that I grew up in. It was very much about hunting. It was very much about, you know, you don't need, like I I was six years old and I got the breech load. You know, it's the, it's got a 22 round on top. It's got a 410 round on the bottom. And I got to walk around with it breached. It was opened up, Mm -hmm. shotgun shell, little tiny shotgun shell in my pocket. And when we would walk up and then there would be a rabbit or something, my dad's like, all right, Billy. Put the round, I can take the round out, put it in the thing, close it, and then try and shoot the rabbit at six mm-hmm. years old. And then every year on from there, I got like an advancement. So the next year, I got to walk with the shell in the gun, but still breached. Then the next year, when I made, I got to walk with the gun, with the shell in it, and but not cocked. You know what I mean? So like he was just being as safe as possible. And as a little taught that responsibility. super responsibility. So my feelings about guns are completely different than the gun culture that I see on social media. I see people that feel like they are safer when they're around guns. I feel the opposite. I'm on alert when I'm around guns. When guns are in the room, when we're cleaning guns, when we're when we're when we have the guns out for a trip or something like that, I am on my toes to know exactly what's going on because. I don't feel safe. I know what that can do to every animal I shot. And growing up, we shot a shit ton of animals. I mean, we shot. It's two pheasants a day. The ducks are by points. Like you know, there there was. I shot eighteen coyotes in one in one winter. See, I can't do that. I can't shoot coyotes. See, I tell you what, the I have never shot anything in my life. Never. The from the first animal to the you know nine hundredth animal that I shot. 
that I didn't feel a little twinge of like, <sighs> now the it's pheasant, too much like a dog. it is, it's so much like a dog, but it's not a dog. Like this is not a dog. Um, if this saw you and you were like, you know, bleeding and laying there, it would probably chew on you. So like, it's not a dog at all. Um, but it looks just like a dog. And I'm a dog guy. You saw my golden when we came in. Uh, and anyway, I've had hunting dogs since I was a little tiny guy. Uh, but I've always had that twinge of like, I was, this animal was doing whatever it was doing all on its own. I showed up today and I killed it. But the pheasants and the ducks, I ate every single one of them. And the coyotes, they're, they were a nuisance to this farmer. And this farmer was going to let me hunt pheasants and stuff like that. So I was doing him a service by this. And he wasn't wrong. I got out there. There was 25 coyotes heading for this pit every morning. And coyotes are – nature is a ruthless, ruthless place. I, I shot some coyotes, took them back, had them pelted. I shot some coyotes, took pictures of them. I shot other coyotes and left them there. Two days later, I come back. I don't have a coyote there anymore. Oh, yeah. They took them. So, I mean, you know, the coyotes ate the coyote. So, I mean, you know, that's nature. Uh, you know what? I don't know. I think that the guy was nervous about it. And I know there were other farmers there that have chickens and all that stuff. And I also heard uh, stories. I don't know how true they are because I don't worry about even my golden, who is 75 pounds. Um, a really big coyote is about 40, 45 pounds. That's it. Like that. They look a little bigger because they got one hell of a winter coat on them. But um, they're not enormous animals by any stretch of the imagination. Every hunting dog we ever had. I grew up with English Springer Spaniels. They probably only go about 50 pounds. Biggest Duke was our dog. And he is 50 pounds at best. He would see a coyote and be like, it's on, motherfucker. And he was after him. So, uh, you know, like, I'm not worried about my dog. But I did hear people, like, I've heard people that are old, older German shepherds and stuff that were killed by a coyotes. And definitely, you got like a Yorkie. Oh, it's 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 that lunch. One of my calls for coyotes was a puppy. So, and here comes the coyote. Here, a puppy. Here, and they're going to get it and kill it and eat it. So, like you know, that, that that's nature. That that's how it goes. I get that. Um, you know, my views on everything are pretty liberal, pretty progressive on everything except for guns. I mean, I. I'm glad the Second Amendment, you know, is what it is. I, I don't – I giggle when somebody tells me that they're going to, like, you know, overthrow the the biggest military force the planet has ever seen with their guns from Walmart. That's a silly thing. Like, just stop talking like that mm -hmm. because the problem also in that situation is a psychological one. You're a 40-some-odd-year-old man saying these silly things. There's going to be a 19-year-old boy – who the government, the people that are in charge of him, have told him, you're a problem, you're, you need to be shot, and that kid will shoot you. They've done it in every single war that's ever existed. They've dehumanized the, the, you know, the, the Vietnamese, the Chinese, the Japanese, the Germans. Shit, Germans, I'm German. Like, I look just like a damn German. But they got American boys. My grandfather is a 101st Airborne World War II guy. His brother, Richie, died on the beach at Normandy. They were shot by Germans. They are German. They Their, their father was from Germany. Mm -hmm. So they convinced that to happen. There's no doubt they could convince someone, Ruby Ridge, to come shoot those people because they have told them that. The chances of the guy who thinks he's in a militia and he's going to overthrow the government getting shot – 
versus the, the chance of the guy in the tank getting shot, they're pretty uneven. Um, so I don't, you know, when I, someone says that, that that's not a, it's not a valid point. I wish I could find some validity to the, the super second amendment crusaders that I see on social media. And the problem I also have with them is they always come out right when 18 kids got killed. And I'm like, no, not today. Like, can you just like wait, wait a couple weeks or I understand nowadays you have no time. Like there's always five more days. There's another shooting or something like that. There, there's a, there's too many shootings and not all of them are AR 15s and I'm with you. very little of them. Right. Which that to me is not a point. That's like saying uh, this car only kills so many people. You could still drive it. Well, you don't want to drive that car either. Um, I, so I equate the AR-15 to a race car. It is way more, like you said, everything's at hand. Everything's light. If 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 you were had the mindset, or okay, say you were in a situation where you know you had to choose a weapon and you were going to use it in a war situation. But you had to choose one of those weapons. It's it's a AR-15 or oh, a, it's an AR-15. It's an AR-15. right. I got I got you. But it's it's a better. I it's designed for that. It, it's got every. I mean, I've seen them. They they do look. I've seen them in your hand. They look spectacular. Uh, but when somebody who doesn't have, that has nothing to do with guns, didn't grow up with them, and all that other stuff sees that, they see. They see a death machine. They see Rambo. They it's see. No more of a death machine than any other I understand that. I do. I, I, I get it. And I'm not making that point. I'm saying the look, where we were talking about the looks of it, the looks are part of the problem for the perception. Well, make them less scary no, no, no. I don't, I don't think so at all. I think, I think, <laughs> no. So, okay. So, my, my. I don't think they're scary looking at all. Right. My point of view or my solution to that to that situation is because I don't think it's going away. In fact, I think from watching what's been going on and even Trump, he just kind of does this and like checks the wind. If if popular he's a populist and populists are dangerous because if the majority of people say that they want those things off the street, then he'll be behind putting them off the street. And then you've got a problem because then they're off the street. Why not have it where the times that you've shot an AR-15, where'd you shoot it? Oh, Texas hunting. Um, so on a on a farm at where you a were. Range. Right. I go to the range quite a bit. Um, yeah. That's, I mean, that's basically what the competition. Mm-hmm. So safe environment. Range, yeah, controlled, right. safe. Sure, sure, sure. Know. What do you do with your guns when they're when you're not using them? When I'm not using them, they're in pelican cases. They're not locked, but um, the ammo I keep stored in cans. And uh, is that locked? You know what? They're not locked, but um, no kids around though. There's no kids around. Well, that makes a big difference. Uh, if there are going to be kids or people over, I will throw a lock on the case. No, that's smart. But, um, Makes sense. But yeah, I mean, I just want, I'm home alone a lot. So I want to have, if something goes wrong, I want to be able to access those weapons quickly. Right. Now, we talked about now, my gun background. I do keep one loaded magazine close by. 
Okay, okay, that's fine. Right, because you think that that's a self-defense. Mm-hmm. See, for me, guns are horrible for defense, but they're awesome for offense. So if, you, if it's in your hand and you're on offense, well, it's, it's efficient. If it's in the small of your back and even in a concealed carry situation, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, and it's, police videos will show you that within 20 feet, it's not like you're going to lose. And if I'm the, so <clears throat> how tall are you? I'm 5'10". Five 5'10". Five you tall, mm-hmm. tall, tall woman. Um, I'm a six foot tall guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, the background of fighting and boxing mm-hmm. and like, you know, trained to do these things. Yeah. Um, you know, like when I have these conversations, I've had this conversation with a couple of friends of mine who are, you know, super, there's concealed carry guys and everything else. And I'm like, listen, if we can get a baseline of facts, let's have a discussion, but let's get a baseline of facts. I'm like, who is more of an animal growing up, me or you? And like, well, you. And I'm like, all right, fine. So if my objective is today, and I don't have a gun, is mm-hmm. I'm going to get the gun that I know you have, mm-hmm. right? But you don't know I'm coming. You're in trouble because I'm going to get you to the ground and I'm probably going to get that gun out before you can get that gun out. Because I know you're carrying it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that this guy's got a gun. I know where he's carrying it. I'm going to get it. I'm, he weighs 135 pounds. I'm 195 pounds. I'm going to overpower him in this situation. Mm-hmm. Now, if my objective was I thought this guy had $2,000 on him and I was going to rob him of that $2,000, then I find out in the process of tackling him down to get the $2,000, he's got a gun. In my mind, he just upped the ante from taking a beating and losing two grand to probably getting shot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I've, I've been in fight situations where a guy had a bat or a pipe and the guy he was going against was an animal. And when the guy with, that was an animal got the pipe, he broke the guy's arm or, you know what I mean? Like he, he did more damage. So this guy would have just gotten a couple smacks in the face. He would have got a broken nose. Now he's got a broken arm to go along with all that shit because he had a pipe. So, like, you're up in the ante in that situation is all I'm saying. You know what I mean? So, like, a, a good defense would be a bulletproof vest because that's defense. I've got that on. I don't have to do anything to change this situation. It's a shield from the situation. So that's defense. Now, if I'm in a situation where I want to be offensive, I've got the gun drawn. I walk into the grocery store. And I start shooting. I'm on offense. Works out great, right? The guy in Dayton shot nine people in 30 seconds. So that's how I see it. No, no, no. Like, you know. Well, yeah. Well, and it was a handgun. Yes, right, right, well, right, this right, right. Right. And the AR-15, like I said, I have the no. AR-15 would not have been concealable in that kind of a scenario. Sure, right. Um, so I think anybody walking up to a store carrying an AR-15 would have probably been intercepted before. Unless they were wearing a trench coat, trench coat, right, or, right, 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 which they have. I mean, there's the the the, the, the situations that an AR-15 was used. You know, they, they did conceal it for a certain. What there were a guy I want to say in the theater had an AR-15, and he got into the theater with it. You know what I mean? It was right. a dark place, and you know everything else. Like he planned it out to do what he was going to do, and it was a shitty thing. But I still did. I never, you know, but. I don't know anyone and I have seriously like, so I started talking about this podcast um, a while back. Like, and I went on a bunch of Facebook pages that were like um, 
mothers against guns and, mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, listen, I'm looking for someone to have a conversation. I don't personally hold these views. Um, I'm a progressive guy, but when it comes to guns, I have a love for guns. I really do. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking for someone with views that you want to take my guns. And I could not find one person that was willing to, like, that said, I'm, I'm that person. And then even the that said, I'm that person that I don't want to talk. I couldn't find anyone that was like, I want to remove all guns. Mm -hmm. That AR-15 looks like something that is, you can't say it doesn't look more deadly. It looks more dangerous to me, at least. Um, And I mean, I'm a guy with a Benelli Nova that is fully camoed for goose hunting. I would be much more afraid of somebody coming at me with a shotgun. Mm. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Because that's just You're not wrong. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, and for I me, would actually have probably a higher survivability rate being shot with an AR than I would. Depending on the route. Shotgun. Right, depending on the route. I mean, if they put a hollow point in there, there's just something the size of a grapefruit that's going to come out the backside of you. Right or no? Hollow point does some damage. What? If I shot you in the guts with a hollow point, uh, two, two, three round, something the size of a grapefruit's coming out the back of you. I mean, I know this because we used to I mean, shoot yeah, watermelons and, you know. Deer, so yep, shotgun, it's divided out in the front the same exact. No, no, I agree. I'm not, I'm, I, yeah, I mean, right, right. I, I don't have a uh, complex with the AR-15 or any uh, weapon that looks like that. I think that there's a time and a place for that. I don't think it's hunting. Like that to me is preposterous. It isn't well, it's a, it's the looks, it's the um the fact that there is available a thirty round clip for it. The Remington that I'm shooting, the the twenty two or the two two three that I'm shooting, mm-hmm. is six six round magazines the best you can do. That's it. So that's because this weapon's designed to hunt with. I mean, I knew guys that hunted with they they, they had somebody have some sort of impairment or something, or they had a bad shoulder or something for them to be shooting an automatic shotgun and get away with it around other hunters. Because we would just be like, "That's shitty, pump the fucking thing!" Like, what are mm-hmm. you doing? Um, in in a duck situation, that's a situation where you're waiting for multiple ducks to come in. So a couple rounds is fine. But you're not just like willy-nilly just – and in Illinois, you're only allowed three – you know, your choke tubes are in, so you're only allowed three right. rounds anyway. Yeah. So – and then, I mean, you know, like – You're only allowed three – Three chambered. Three, uh, three chambered. In, uh, like in Indiana. Indiana, yeah. yeah. I mean. Okay, right, right, right. Right. So, I mean, that, and to me, that's fine. Uh, you know, uh, I, I would never use the more – like – Hunting to me is like a sacred thing. It's like a thing where, okay, um, I'm here to harvest an animal. Mm -hmm. And the last thing that I want to do, the very last thing that I would like to do is to wound an animal. So I'm not taking a shot until I know that's my shot. Like I've I've got a kill shot. And the other bitch of the deal is deer. I shoot that thing just a little bit off. I got to chase it for like two miles. Exactly, right. and you don't have that problem with an AR-15. Right, I guess. I, 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 <laughs> you know, but what, what? But you know, what we're saying, what you're saying is that an AR-15 and a two-two-three rifle are the same ballistically. It's just the capacity. I don't need that capacity. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna, never gonna. I'm never gonna breach five rounds. Sure, sure, sure. I get it. I get it. I, I couldn't. 
I, Actually, in Chicago, you're only all allowed. Um, yeah, right. That's a big magazine. Um, and yeah, California as well. Right. But they're readily available. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so, okay. So some of the stuff that I saw that drives me absolutely up the wall is um, like, okay. So if we had this conversation and you just had a list of all of the nonsense talking points that the NRA puts out, you could read them. And then I could read all the rebuttals to all those points. And even if my, my rebuttals were nonsense, everybody that thinks that, guns should all be gone or that AR-15 should be banned, they'll all just agree with me. And then all your talking points, even though, I'm sorry, most of the NRA talking points, they're nonsense. You can't say, well, only 409 people were killed with AR-15s this year. So, but 409 people were, there's still 409 people that had families of, you know, hundreds of people out from there that are upset about that. And if that's their target, then you need to, there needs to be something that's done to change the perception of the gun. And maybe this conversation is that sort of a thing. Maybe the things you'll say will, will do that or make it a situation where that gun, my, my solution is, and I mean, maybe it's a bad solution is that there's countries that have gun laws that there, there really aren't guns like uh, great Britain. There aren't guns on the street the way that there's guns on the street in America. They're very, very much harder to come by. They still have sporting clubs. They still have ranges, you can go there, you can check mm-hmm. it out of a locker, shoot the gun, and then check the gun back in. Now the gun is available to you anytime you want to go to the club and shoot the gun in a safe environment, but mm-hmm. it's not ever possible for it to be in the wrong hands or on the street. I'm not, I'm not familiar with... Right, but, this, right, this, right, but the scenario I'm giving you is I want people to be able to have that gun. I'd like people to be able to test into a... Like I said, an automatic machine gun. If if they mm. if that's what made them happy, my my thing is is freedom. So one man's freedom is another man's cage. Mm. I don't personally want to live in a country where everybody's walking around with an AR fifteen slinged over their shoulder to go get the groceries. I need that Right, but I mean, you see it on the news where some guys like you know at a convention and he's walking around with a sling and the gun. Yeah. Listen, that's not freedom for me. That's. Right. That puts me on edge. I don't need that shit because, listen, even if you think you're a good guy, mm-hmm. that two, two, three round is high velocity. It will go through shit. I think that's a, an awful self-defense or, you know, offense. Self-offense is really good. Self-defense is terrible because if I'm shooting at who I think is the, the, the culprit or the perpetrator and I miss him and mm-hmm. I'm in a crowd, that round carries. Well, yeah, you're responsible to know your surroundings. Absolutely. Right, 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 right. Um, so, I mean, for me, the better defense weapon is a shotgun because that round doesn't go – the, the mm. double-odd buck does not go very far. Oh, you're not getting past 40 yards with that thing. And it opens up so big. I mean, you're going to hit everything that you're, you're trying to shoot at, stuff like – it's just an easier thing to do than a round that, like I said, could so go and go and go. your target area is much – Smaller. You have you have the same target area, but yes, the BBs go everywhere. Absolutely, it's a lot bigger. But my distance is a lot shorter. I can't shoot a hundred yards. It won't make it. It's all those all those pellets are on the ground by a hundred yards. Mm-hmm. Well, two two three rounds on the ground. At a hundred yards, I want to say a two two three round drops some eighteen inches or something like that. 
So I'm still hitting people. And I mean, if I'm shooting a shotgun and like, say I'm in a, in a home environment and, you know, and I make these preposterous, like, you know, the, the home defense thing is nonsense too. But are these people really shooting people? No, no, I'm just saying the round carries, there could be a person at a hundred yards. I'm not saying they're shooting oh, someone at a hundred yards. So, but, you know, there, there's a bunch of kids playing in the park hundred yards away, but you, you know, this guy's mm-hmm. right in front of you. You miss well, them and it hits them. Are we talking about? I, I don't know. You know, yeah, I guess we, that that's exactly what we're talking about. We're we're not talking about we're not crazy. We're not talking about offense. I mean, if you're if you're, I mean, I I just don't usually just walk around with an AR on my back. So right, right, right. I mean, for a self defense situation, you would use a frangible bullet that would break apart. As soon as it hits the target. Sure, sure, sure. So it's not an optimal weapon for self defense anyway, because you have to walk around this huge gun. No, I think it is. Okay. <laughs> so, no, no, explain. That's fine. I mean, not an open, like an open carry situation. So, so no, good. So, give me a scenario a where. Situation, absolutely. Okay. Um, Go ahead. I explain that scenario where. I mean, because all the scenarios from here are preposterous. There, there are scenarios where you're in your house and you're doing what you do or you're sleeping or whatever you're doing mm-hmm. and a person comes in and you're going to get this rifle mm-hmm. and I'm guessing it's already loaded because if not, you're fucked. No, 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 no. Oh, well, okay. I'm just saying. I if they hear me slapping a magazine into my rifle. It's yeah, but I mean, the, of- the problem would be that they're, you're not going to hear them before they're on... So okay, then I have my pistol next to me. Right, right. So that to me, that seems like a much better solution than this long rifle is. It's in, not really that long, though. Well, it's still longer than the six-inch barrel on a. And it has a flashlight on it. Right, right. I, I got, yeah, I, like, I think mm-hmm. in the movies that looks great, but in a. So like, go ahead, give me the scenario. So I, I just don't so picture a scenario. Rather, I would much rather have my. When you grab it, you have a thumb. You grab it. Yeah. The thumb switch right here. Okay. Flashlight. Yep. So you can see what you're pointing at. Yep. Sure. Whereas my handgun, I don't have a light. If it's dark in the house, right. I might see somebody coming towards me, but I can't really see them. Right. And I would be too afraid. Pull a trigger on some and on, t- on a target. I can't. Can't. See. You should never pull it. Right. Right. Because right. that could just be a friend of yours. In my house, whatever. Right. But I would absolutely grab my AR first. Okay, but I mean, give me the scenario because first off, home burglary sort of scenarios, which most people don't. I mean, in the movies, people break into a house to rape somebody, but that's not usually how rape goes down. Usually, it's a situation where you know it's it's in an alley or it's it's not in your house. Um, and if it was in your house, then it's somebody you know situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so give me a scenario where you're able to get, I mean, you know, my house is sprawling. I got a ranch, right? So I got like, you know, it, it's probably a hundred, more than 100 feet long. And if my AR-15 is down there and I'm over there. Well, you should have something in every room in the house. <laughs> I, I, I'm not in any way, shape, or form ever going to live like that. That's just not going to be me. But well, you, I I, right, right, no, that's and that's that's right. And I want you to be able to do that if that makes you feel good. But I don't live in that 
with you never know. I, I, I don't, but I also don't like constantly, I don't carry a fire extinguisher with me everywhere I go to because the house going to burn down. It's not a no. thing that's going on. No. So you, I don't, you know, no. But you have to have some kind of preparation in case that does happen because you don't expect it to happen. You don't live in fear, but it's mm-hmm. something it like It sounds that. like you might be living in fear. Like, no, no. Because I mean, not necessarily. I'm just saying that like, it doesn't even cross my mind. And okay, so I was a guy walking around. I want to prepare after something happens. I, those are all fine <laughs> cliches to say, but what if nothing ever happens? Great. I'm just saying the chances are nothing's ever going to happen because I've lived my entire 16 years. I'm busting around in a wheelchair. I you can't surprise what I've been through. I'm not a right. And I'd like to hear that <laughs> for sure. And that that's fine. I get mm-hmm. that. Um, and, and I'm not, you know, I wouldn't ever like make small of that or anything like that. What I'm saying is I, I live in a situation where I'm less able to defend myself now than you are. And, you know, like, so like, you know, I hate going back to the movies, but the movies are all bullshit. You know, in the movies, there's a woman fighting John Wick. That's not real because if I was walking around and you were trained jujitsu, whatever the hell your striker to fight me and I punch you, I'm going to break bones in your face. I'm going to crush things because I'm a fucking man with – this is why in the UFC they don't let men fight women because you could be trained. You could have better technique. Mm-hmm. But your bone structure is just not there. I just have more to give when it comes to that situation. So – but I'm I'm taken out of that now, right? So I'm busting around. And I, probably the first six or seven months I was you know kicking around in a wheelchair, I'm like, I'm going to keep my head on a swivel because I beat a lot of people up and – be some motherfucker that's looking for retribution right about now. Mm. No one ever came around for that. Everyone was, you know, pretty fucking good about it. They, you know, have a decent, you know, place in their heart where they're not going to beat a guy up in a wheelchair. But well, I had one guy that wanted to fight me one time, and I was like, game. I'm like, oh, we'll give it a go. I lose, I got nothing to lose, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a guy in a wheelchair. But I still have never thought to myself, I've got to figure out some way to get a weapon on me because self. No, no, I understand that, but it's never even crossed my mind. Like, I'm not even a situation where I'm like, I'm going to need a gun because I can't defend myself. I go to the South Side to a White Sox game. I'm in pretty much the project right there. Still not too worried about it. Like, it's just not a thing that's on my mind where it's on your mind. And it may be rightfully so because you said you have a story. No, I mean, I don't, it's not constantly on my mind, but I know what I need to do if something happens. And I don't think there's fault in that. I don't find any fault in it. In fact, I put my daughter in jujitsu mm-hmm. for just that reason. The reason I put her in it was she did she did two summers, and I was like, listen, I just want you to do this. She had no interest in it at all. She's a gymnast. She's like, I, and I'm like, you're strong and all this other stuff, but if you would just, I, I know someday, you know, my daughter's going to go away to college, and I don't want some dude to grab you, fuck you, and stick you in a wall somewhere. And then you're fucked. I want you to be able to have a fighting fucking chance of at least getting away from mm-hmm. this situation. So put her in with my friend Leo from Randori Jiu-Jitsu. And, you know, she just gave her just If someone came at you, you're going to roll like this, whatever. And it's going to give you a second to get the fuck out of there. She knows what to do. Right, right, right. So, right. So, so I'm totally with you on that situation. Um, my problem is I think that there's so many people – that first it's a false sense of security because if you put an animal in a situation, you put a guy that's a wrestler, you put a guy that's a jujitsu guy in a situation and I get within five feet of you, 
I'm going to tie you in a knot. You're, 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 my hands. Well, that's a, that's a thing. If somebody is coming at me, I'm not going to let them get five feet in front of me. Well, how you know? In my own home? No, 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 not in your own home. No, 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 no. Well, my problem is this. You do sleep, right? Mm-hmm. When I open or how do you do no. that? Okay, well, so my situation, I guess my only fear would be, would be, I have a house that there is, there's guns and there's mm-hmm. ammunition. They're not anywhere near each other because right. I do have kids. So no. they're not in the same place. I don't have them for self-defense. I have them for hunting only. And mm-hmm. if I'm going to hunt, then I put the two things together and it becomes my tool to go do what I'm doing. Right. If I put the two things together when there's kids in the room, it becomes a thing that's dangerous. And someone could be fucking around with it and end up dead. Yes, right, 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 right. I agree. I, right, right, right. So... But what I'm saying is, so it's not it's not a self defense thing at all in, in my situation. So it's not a preparation for anything. It's just a thing that I, it's like fishing rods. You know, what I mean, I just take it out yeah. to go do what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I look at those things as they're my car. They're they're what I drive around on the street with, no problem. I take it and I'm going to go hunting and I'm going to shoot my pheasants. When I look at the weapon you're talking about, the AR-15, that's all decked out with everything that's a race car the only place that that belongs is on a racetrack my friend that drives race cars on the autobahn would never drive his race car on the street because it's too dangerous different kinds of race cars. absolutely absolutely but There's it's so fast it's, legal. There's yes yes right i got it i got it but it's, <clears throat> it's legal today and my thing is is if if the gun people that are so rigid don't find a way to bend in a situation where they, like I said, can have it in a club mm-hmm. or do uh, um, further uh, background checks, like expand the background check situation, or right? No, I know we've talked about it. Yes. Right. I mean, you don't think a person that's mentally, like clinically mentally ill, should be carrying a gun? Right, right. Because, I mean, that's how we end up with trouble. Someone that's on psychotropic drugs probably shouldn't be. I mean, if you're schizophrenic, if you're like, stop touching me, stop touching me, and you're all by yourself, a gun's probably a bad idea for you to have. So these are just common sense. Well, there are people out there that are like, well, wait a minute. Who's going to decide who is fit and who's not fit? I'm like, well, listen, we've got to come to some sort of a baseline where we can – my problem is, is we can't just look at, you know, 21 people were shot at Sandy Hook and a bunch of them were like little seven-year-olds. Like, the, I got three kids. Yes. Well, I got three kids and the worst, I, I, I'm paralyzed my chest down. That's nothing compared to losing one of my kids. I, I, I've done everything I do. I'm a real estate broker, a general contractor. I do this podcast. I'm a wrestling coach. I, I Nothing has stopped me with anything with this shit. That would stop me in my track. I'd be done. I'm finished. Like, I'm done. Like I've done everything I can to raise these kids. They went to a concert, and some fucking asshole is in a goddamn hotel room shooting people, and they shot my fucking kid in the head. Now he's a piece of meat over everything I did with this kid and – all the love I got for this for this child. So when that happens and somebody comes to me and says, will not be infringed, I go, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Stick that fucking will not be infringed right up your fucking ass. Come up with a fucking solution for 
This is my child that I did everything. I did everything I could for society to raise this kid. So he wasn't going to be an asshole and a problem for you in society. And some asshole that came out of the society fucking killed him. So we've got to do something to change. And most of the people were on psychotropic drugs. Drugs. They, you know, there was a problem that was there. Or they used a straw buyer to get the gun. Or some way that we can tighten up the situation. And listen, if you save one life and it's my kid, it's worth it. I don't give a shit if you feel infringed. If, if you're worried that they're going to give you some psychological profile test and you're not going to get a gun, maybe you shouldn't have a gun. There's a problem then. Because most people, you know, I, I, for the most part, most people I think are perfectly fit to own a gun. That's fine. My other problem with it is I grew up with a Marine teach me how to use that gun. I grew up with a Marine mm -hmm. saying, hey, let's go over here. He was a butcher. Shoot this big roast and see what happens to it. See what happened to that, Billy? If you fuck around here and you shoot your friend, that's going to be live tissue. That's going to be all fucked up. You can't put it back together. There's no surgeon that could put this roast back together that was shot. So you don't need that though. I can just I can just go get a and Illinois is actually tougher. I can just go get a FOID card as long as I don't have a felony on my record. Mm -hmm. I can buy a gun and go to the range. No training, no no one there to help me out. Like who was your mentor with the with the gun situation? How'd you get in? I know you were. You said you were. He's a uh, member and also like, didn't you equestrian like horse ride? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was a active PETA member, activist. I was marching down Michigan Avenue with my bloody fur coat. Right, right. And uh, she had some strong thoughts on the matter then to get marching. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so you would have thought me as a hunter was preposterous? can't believe you're killing bunnies and pheasants and ducks. Um, no, you know, actually, I saw a lot of what, of what was going on in the factory farming industry. And uh, through PETA, and um, I had been a vegetarian at the time, two years with no meat. Oh, wow. Taking supplements, you know. Um, but after... I mean, it just works for some people. It doesn't work for others. It did not work for me. I started having seizures. Oh, my gosh. And my uh, doctor said. You need some meat. You need some meat. Right. So after seeing all the atrocities that happen and it associated with grocery store meat. Mm -hmm. I agree. I decided, well, time to learn to hunt. So yeah. the meat I hunt has not been abused. It has not been full of loaded full of hormones and antibiotics, antibiotics and, and right. all that. It's all natural. They've lived a good life <laughs> up until that moment. Right. But uh you know, I mean I just couldn't see supporting that if it was right. right, if it was up to me, oh, I would cool. eat right, I would eat everything. Everything I eat would be something I shot. That would that would be the I mean you know that meat wise, and then I just out back here like I've got you know blueberries and strawberries mm -hmm. and raspberries like I like to grow stuff all that stuff because of the far like I don't know where this shit came from that's at the grocery oh, yeah. store. It's and the chicken now well. in the grocery store is a completely different texture than it used to 
Yes, yes. Besides that, if my my dad was a butcher for 34, 35 years, if you saw what goes on, Oh, no, pick up that box of chicken and all the pus is coming out of it. You're oh, like, oh my God, it's so awful. It's, it's right. It's terrible. But so, right. So, I mean, for me, when I shot a pheasant, like there were certain things I had to be taught how to prepare this food. And it was, I was seriously like, it's, it's a, it's an odd thing. But like when I see ducks, I see a meal. Like I, I, I'm out on my deck in my back here and I'm feeding the fish and the ducks come up and I'm like, Oh yeah, I used to pluck them. And like, you know, make a dinner out of that meal. We used to eat geese. And I mean, right. And then the other thing that, that, you know, when my hunting, like I was serious about it, I was good at it. Like we would go and get like it, your bag limit in Illinois is two pheasants a day. Mm-hmm. I would go down to Iroquois County and you could have two pheasants on your person. You can have two in the refrigerator or in the freezer. Mm-hmm. So I never had them in the freezer anyway. I was eating them just constantly. But we'd go out on a Saturday or Sunday, shoot two pheasants, eat the pheasants that day. On Wednesday, shoot two more pheasants. Mm-hmm. And then, because wintertime construction, not real busy. So we're out doing that all the time. And then we would jump hunt uh, ducks and, you know, shoot rabbits when we saw them. I mean, we made Haas and Pfeffer stew. All that stuff was terrific. And I felt like, yes, like this is not some factory farmed animal that lived its entire life in a cage or like the, the chickens, for Christ's sake, they can't walk. They bred them so fat and they've steroided it's them disgusting. up. Yes, right. It's all bad. So I would do it that way 100%. I would definitely hunt everything it's I did. Oh, I got to be, a, it's impossible. It's, yeah. it's, you'd have to be a millionaire and you'd have to have like um, area to hunt that was so big that you could, yeah, no. Well, if you were a person shooting bigger game, um, a hog could last you quite a while. Absolutely. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, down in Texas, the season never ends. It's 24 7, right. 365. Now, some as stuff's many not good. As though. You want. Right. I don't know. I've never had wild boar, but I've heard that's good. Well, we like to eat the smaller ones. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, there's just. Oh, um, well, yeah. Not to get too deep into Well, podcasts are for like a deep dive into stuff. Hunting wise, for me, too. In Illinois, and I think it's just about everywhere, unless you're on a, re, on, a, on a reserve somewhere or somewhere where you're in a game park where you pay for the birds, mm-hmm. you can only shoot male pheasants. That's mm-hmm. it. So the female, the hens, you got to let them go. So you got to be willing to, or able to, when that bird comes up, spot it and know whether it's a female or a male and mm-hmm. then shoot the animal. Um, and then ducks are on a point system, so you can shoot females or males. When it comes to hunting like deer and stuff like that, I would be more apt to take a small doe than I would this big buck with the rack. I've never been somebody that's into the hall of, or wall of shame where I've got this like wall of deer heads and bear and all this other shit. That's just not my thing, the trophy hunt thing. It'd be for meat. And I've spent a lot of time with hunters that were from Canada on fishing trips and that's their take on it too. They're always hunting the smaller, you know, younger. I'm a, I'm a girl, though. I don't necessarily like to hunt girls. <laughs> Is that right? Is it, I, I guess I don't think about it. So I take a, a button buck too. It wouldn't bother me. Yeah. Oh, something. A girl. Right, but some things you should know if they have a baby. I mean, a deer doesn't have a baby. You know, come deer season. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I just, I'm more No, that's perfect. That's fine. You should have, right. You should have, there you go. Nice. I should be worried. 
Uh, so you're right. So I, I get that, and that that's fine. I've told you I've never all the animals I've shot. I've never not had a twinge of like. Ah, this pheasant. It's not that you like to kill. No, nope, no, nope, it's, it's not like it, if you have that bloodlust. Right. Well, but, I, I want to get that across to people who don't hunt and don't shoot. That's for me. It's the smallest part of this situation. My situation is I'm going to look at the lay of the land. I'm going to know which way the wind's blowing. I'm going to know, you know, what the temperature is, what the conditions are today. Mm-hmm. You know, I know what shotgun I'm taking, what shell I'm putting in the shotgun. I, you know, I always hunt over a dog because I'm not losing anything that way either. I mean, you shoot a pheasant, that dog's going to find it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my meal preparation isn't the other part of my thing. The mm-hmm. killing part literally takes less than 30 seconds of my entire day mm-hmm. to shoot two pheasants. So, you know, that that is the least big, big part of it. And as a hunter, as someone who you would think would be calloused about this thing from I'm 48 years old, from mm-hmm. six years old, I was shooting things. I still always felt like, oh, you know, didn't want to really kill something today. And I mean, if I'm in my car and a chipmunk you. runs out, I'm like trying to swerve to miss him. Like I'm not running over a damn. No, no, I, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. But um, in areas where hunting is not allowed, the DNR just rounds them up and blasts them all away. I never knew that. Yeah. I know that starvation and stuff like that. The county in Indiana, where my house actually is, um, they don't allow hunting forest preserves, but the DNR, which makes no sense because they could issue hunting licenses to harvest these deer um, and make the county money, but instead they'd rather spend money and hurt them up and just blast them all away right. and then scoop them up and have them. you ever seen where the municipalities and small towns will hire hunters to come into in downtown and shoot like pigeons and yes. all that kind of stuff yes. yeah that. Right, mm-hmm. right right so i mean that seems like a better way to go than to round them all up and kill them yeah, it's just a call it's just uh it's there's no i mean there's no there's no. Uh, they do anything with the meat with that situation? They, no. Well, oh, yes, God. there's actually there's a wolf park down in Battlegrounds, Indiana. They take them down. And there. they take them down there. Okay. Now I know even the IDOT guys, if a deer freshly gets killed on the mm-hmm. road and they know where they can, you know, that meat can go somewhere to, you know, whether it's a wolf park or uh, my grandparents had a place up in uh, Oxford, uh, Wisconsin, and it was terrible. But like the gas station had like a bear in a cage in front of the gas station. Oh, it's terrible. I know it was terrible. But if a deer got killed, they would chop up the meat and give the the people at the gas station the deer for the for for the yeah, they give them the deer for the bear, which you know right. The cage was awful. The cage was like you know the size of my kitchen. It was like he could just pace around it, and it was. But he was a thing. You'd go up there and you'd buy soda pop, and then mm-hmm. you'd give the bear the soda through the through the oh, through the I thing. Animal rights have come a long way, and would never. Yeah, we don't see that. world has gone. Right, that right, right, right. Me too. Me too. Um, so, that coming from two people who hunt, there's no, you don't hate animals at all, right? No. You, you, all right, me neither. I'm a huge animal. Right, right, right. But like, I'm positive that my friends that have never hunted, when they see a duck, they just see a bill and feathers and you know a bird. I see a meal. I, I look at that and go, I know what that tastes like, and that's good. Um, and it's probably healthier. I think the meat that uh, we're being 
given in this country is a big reason why we have so much cancer in right, this country. Right, right, right. Um, so I think, you know, harvesting wild game is got yeah, to be I don't more know. healthy. Yeah, I would think so too. I mean, I would think that... Even if you can't do it 100% of the time. Yeah, I don't know. That's just my view, my theory. Right. I don't think you're far off. I mean, I, and I think if you're a guy that's a deer hunter or something like that, you can easily stack your, you know, freezer with enough deer to last you, you know, what, yeah, half a one year. Deer, uh, one deer will last a, a year. Right, uh, right, right. You know, for a family. So, and, it, okay. and, it, and the cost is minimal after your initial cost of right. deer. And stuff. So the hunting stuff, we, we would... I would say we mostly agree. I yeah. wouldn't walk around with an AR-15 to hunt just because the looks and the necessity of it. I well, don't need in that. Texas and here hunting multiple. You could use your brown. Yeah, no, um, I doubt it. I mean, I, I did, you know, I've been I've been up in maybe not all at once. But right, it's just, it's I, just I just don't. The, the, you you know, could use. 30 rounds in a day. We were, we used to go on a trip to Canada and the trip to Canada was, we drove 18 hours to Red Lake, which is like the end of roads. Like Mm -hmm. that's the end in Canada. um, Something like 80% of the civilization lives within 150 miles of the border. Like Mm -hmm. it's too fucking cold up there. And I don't know how much time you ever spent in Canada. It just turns into like this tundra. That's just nothing up there. Mm -hmm. It's not even pretty anymore. It's just like swampy kind of like awful looking, but they, we would drive 18 hours, get to Red Lake, and then they would put us on a pond jumper from there and fly us 110 miles north of there and drop us off at a lake that there was six lakes to our – oh, it was wonderful. It was just, there were so many times that I was up there that I was like, I could just walk off. I could just walk off. And if I had a rifle with me and my fishing gear, I, I'm positive I could survive, no problem. Mm-hmm. But – and we were always there like in May. So I'd have all summer to smoke some stuff, stack up, do everything I had to do, build a structure, whatever I got to do. And, you know, like I build stuff too. So like I, mm-hmm. I can totally do this. Um, but there's a heavy bear population. You can't mm-hmm. go anywhere without seeing bear shit everywhere and bear paw prints in the mud and everything else. So there's bears. We were just loud um, we would see a bear every once in a while. As soon as he saw you and you were loud, he was the fuck out of here. Um, and we carried a pack of firecrackers, something like that with us too. Mm-hmm. If ever we thought that there was like, you know, one, one time we thought we were walking cause we were portaging. So you'd walk up to, you'd, you'd pull up in the boat in one lake, get out, detach the motor, walk a block or two through the woods to another lake where there's a boat laying there and you throw the motor on it and go into a lake that no one's been in which is awesome. It was like so amazing to be like pristine. Oh, just beautiful. But, um, and the fishing was stupid. Like you could, I could put my phone on a line and with a hook on it and catch fish. Like they're just as dumb as can be because they haven't seen a person before. But bears everywhere. One time we were walking and we could have swore, like I'm telling you, something's walking with us. Mm -hmm. And that we felt like right into the brush, like 15 yards from us, there was a fucking bear. So we stopped, grabbed the firecrackers, and something ran. Something was walking with us, but booked as soon as we started firing that off. So I can't imagine that my six-round magazine would not scare the shit out of anything to get the hell away from me. Mm-hmm. I think that there could be other variables 
I mean, deer get diseases of the brain where they Absolutely. start acting sure. crazy. Sure. Not at a big enough ratio for me to walk around with a fucking submachine gun. I don't know. I think I'm... <laughs> I would... I would... Just be a pain in the ass. prefer but... to have more than six of them. I know. I think you're, you know... Crazy bear. Just a big bear that wants to eat you. I think I need to go on a trip with you and then that, <laughs> everything that could possibly happen is in your purse. Like, I mean, you know, you've you got... Right, right. Trust me. You've got super glue and you've got... Right, like, I mean... I don't, you know, there's not a contingency for every single thing that could possibly, like, you know, the greatest sick deer time. Like, that's just not something that's on my radar. But I got a buddy of mine. I got a buddy of mine who, you know, fantasizes every single day he goes out that he's going to run into the guy in the mass shooting situation. He's got, he's a concealed carry guy. I'm joking him that he's like, you know, running around his house doing somersaults like TJ Hooker, you know, drawing his gun all the time. Uh, you don't walk around your house practicing your uh, flashlight situation, do you? I do not. <laughs> okay, good. I do not, but I have practiced. Get the microphone a little bit. Um, there you go. <laughs> Just losing you. Uh, no, that's good. That's good. And I mean, I, I, I don't begrudge anyone that situation. Um, my problem is if I I put myself in the – to try and have some defense, I would put myself in the burglar's situation, right? Like – I don't believe that there's just marauders out there that, I mean, you're a good looking woman. Maybe someone's like trying to get you and like stuff you in a van somewhere and drive off with you. They looking for my ass. So I'm worried about that. But so Mike, the way for me to like prepare for a contingency plan would be what would the burglar want to do? So um, for the longest time I do now, cause I got a neighbor that's a little bit off. I got a neighbor mm-hmm. that like be like, putting his hand on his ear and talking to the FBI and then he come up to him and he's got nothing in his ear. Mm. Like he's, he's got something wrong. So I mm-hmm. locked the doors here, but I lived out on six acres in Manhattan. And if I was going to kill somebody or something like that, that'd be the ideal place to do it. Cause there's no neighbors. Like it's mm-hmm. just, there's, there's nothing around. So no one's going to call the cops, but I never locked the doors there ever. I mean, I went to sleep every night, front door open, back door open, garage open, all that just open. I mean, my van for 12 years was parked out there with the sometimes the lift on it open. So the doors on the side wide open, keys are in the fucking thing and no one messed with it. So, like, for the most part, nothing happens. But if I'm making a contingency plan that I feel like something could, I live in an area, maybe something could. First, I'm locking my doors. Second, I'm living a life where all my guns are in a place in this house where you, you can look in any window. You could never see them. You wouldn't know mm-hmm. I have guns in the house. I, I would be worried that if I have a bunch of guns, and I do, that somebody would look in the window, see them, get them, and then do oh, something. Wait for you to leave. Like exactly right. right. That's how I feel about it. Right. So those are my contingency plans. So when I leave, um, I lock the doors and all that because I know I'm not home. Mm-hmm. I also don't live – I don't know what you're – like you don't have a job that's got like a, a rigid schedule, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're kind of – me too, right? So like like real estate, I could be out all evening one day. I could be home all, all Tuesday afternoon. My office is behind this fish tank. I'm in there sort of thing. So if someone was casing my situation, they could never in a million years like pinpoint, well, Tuesdays, he's all, Tuesdays I'm always somewhere else or, you know, like that sort of thing. So I don't think I'm a target. I think they would just be like, fuck it, no. And my dog, who is a golden retriever, super sweetheart, wouldn't bite a burglar. 
but he's going to bark. And I sleep so incredibly light that I'm awake for, you know, if anything goes on. Yes. If my neighbor farts, the dog barks. So, um, you know, that's fine. So those are my contingency plans as far as to keep safe. If I'm a burglar and I look at that situation and every time I come near that house, the dog barks, mm-hmm. I'm just going to move on down the road exactly. because I'll just try something else. Cause it's not going to work. Um, because I don't know if he's got guns or, or what's mm-hmm. going on. So those are my defense. That, well, my, my dogs could be Mike can be bought with, hey, buddy. Yes, no. My, my, what's up? No, no, for sure. Like, my, mine's an idiot. Like, you know, no, no. Uh, but he does bark at if the wind blows, right? I mean, he will growl at a squirrel in the backyard, which is my little alarm system sort of a thing, you know? And I mean, I see people that do like the ADT stuff, so they put the stickers up and little sign in the yard. The burglar at that point goes, I'm going to find another way. It was the same thing, like, uh, me and my buddy Danny and a couple other guys used to go to White Sox games all the time. And our buddy Steve went to ITT, which is right on the other side of the projects, mm-hmm. right by the ballpark. Yeah. And we used to park at ITT, walk through the projects to the to the ballpark, like right through the projects. And no one's fucking with us. We're all fucking mean looking dudes that can handle ourselves. They looked at us and they're like, oh. They probably got $40 on them. We could try and rob them. One of them is going to get something busted on us or, or you know, something's going to happen. Or we could just wait for a little lady to walk by and then get her instead. So, you know, the, the easier targets are what they're looking for, in my mind anyway. So I don't ever feel like a target. I don't ever feel like I need to have a contingency plan the way you feel you do. And you said you had a story for why you do. You said you had some sort of a reason why you're a violent reason why oh, if you well, care to share yeah, it's um, Well, I have a few reasons why I got into guns. Um, probably the the first reason would be I was a victim of a violent right. No, when so, I was sorry. Fifteen years Could old. Could you pull that microphone just and, in front of you a little bit? There you go. And uh, fifteen years old and. Um, I didn't know how to, def- I didn't know what to do in that situation. Yeah, I'm so sorry about I that. Became, Even today, that's terrible. I Well, I don't dwell on it, but um, mm-hmm. I started looking into learning self-defense. And then um, decided I kind of wanted to start going into a law enforcement uh, and started training with handguns. Um, How old were you when you started training with handguns? Oh, I was, I think I was 20 at the time, actually. I was a little older. Um, And so I had a very basic knowledge at the time. And then I got married to a very violent person. And... um, who shouldn't have had a gun. And so that is why I think I am not at all opposed to further background checks because he shouldn't have had a gun. And this was, mm, he had gotten his, he didn't, he actually, I don't even know if he had a license. Uh, I think this was before 
he did have a license, but there was no like background check or something. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, he actually held the gun to my head and pulled oh, the trigger. Okay. Um, so then I, I didn't, I mean, I saw him put the magazine, he's on top of me. I saw him put the magazine in, I saw him pull the trigger, but he never checked the gun to see if there was a round in the chamber. And I didn't know any you know, no, different no, right, either. Right. Um, so after that, uh, I really dug into like learn. I really wanted to learn how to protect myself. And, right. And I was lucky enough to be in a situation where um, a friend, a very good friend of mine, uh, hooked me up with Navy SEALs, Army Rangers, um, to learn some basic like hand hand to hand combat techniques, knife hand techniques. Uh, hand and handgun training, like like more more uh, specialized kind of training like that, in, in case I needed to ever defend somebody, uh, defend myself against somebody that was significantly significantly bigger than me, which right. was the case. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean. That's how it started, and then um, the whole PETA thing went in, and I, that's how I got into the hunting aspect of it, and everything just kind of networked into what I'm doing now. So um, yeah, and so explain that. What are you doing now? What's what's uh, what's you know what what is it that you do? I I know what you do. I just wanted to explain to people who don't know what you do. We you talked about it. We talked about it beforehand, like in a you know a messenger stuff like that, but so you're repping for the uh, air Prof gun. Professional big boy air rifles. Yeah. They, uh, Terry Tate's the owner. He uh, came up with this amazing rifle that um, shoots six different kinds of ammunition, and, and the rifle that he designed actually uh, took down a world record Cape Buffalo, 1,800 pounds. So I explain, because uh, I'm always interested in that kind of thing. Like the engineering part of it to me mm -hmm. is super, super interesting. And if people don't know, air rifles have been around since like the 1500s. Uh, Lewis and Clark took air rifles with the Sacagawea in, in, their, in their, you know, expedition across the country. Mm -hmm. They had air rifles on them. Um, some of them had like pumps where the stock was where the air was held and stuff like that. Like it's all, you know, changed now, mm -hmm. but that air rifle stuff has been around at one point. They thought that was going to replace the, you know, black powder and stuff like that. But so what's the, uh, but they got like a muzzle loader and, uh, what's so the, one's a shotgun. You can, uh, put a barrel in, start making it into a rifle. Okay. Um, I, I designed a AR platform that has a little, because I, I collect the Godzilla, so it has a little Godzilla on nice. the, uh, the rifle, and that's called the Zilla 457. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just, I'll go down there here and there, and we'll just go shooting and have a good good time, and 
Now the air rifle stuff is it is it super quiet when you shoot? I mean, it's is super it super quiet? Super low recoil. Recoil. Uh, very surprisingly lethal. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've taken three hundred and fifty pound bore with one shot and just dropped them right right there. No chase. And what's the caliber? What's what's the diameter? Uh, that's a four fifty something. I believe it was a 155-gram ball ammo. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just a really awesome company. And yeah, sounds like it. I, I Yeah, it's a world record holder. Right, so right, right, right. it's pretty fun, and I also do a lot of the um, – I did a lot of brand ambassador – Trips with several companies around the world, um, just doing promotional material and videos and things like that. Um, and some of the photo shoot stuff you do too, right? Like, I mean, I've seen some yeah, of the, they're really, yeah. really, really cool looking photos. I mean, I, I know some people probably that are subscribers to my podcast and stuff like that don't know you, but I mean, they, they'll know you now because I've, and mm. I'll put I'll definitely on the YouTube version, there will be. I'll take some photos and stick them on there and stuff okay. like that. But uh, um, the um, so like there's there's a certain uh, modeling aspect to it too, right? Like yeah, well, just... I kind of stopped modeling for a while, um, and then I just got kind of recently in the last few years got pulled back into it, right. which is great because it's like I'm an old lady at this point. It's great that you know. I don't but, know. Uh, do you feel that? <laughs> I, I don't. I feel. I do not feel. I old. don't feel. Old. <laughs> I mean, we, you were just there too at but, the uh, reunion, yeah, and I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, I do not feel this old." It was. I mean, it was fun. I mean, I had a good time with That's that. Great yeah, it was. I, I think that those things are 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 fun, and they have to be done a certain way. But when I don't see a bunch of people for you know, say it's twenty years or thirty years or twenty, you know, fifteen years, whatever it is, I almost think that there should be something before that for like four or five hours where people could talk yes. because the music was terrific. They have the music and everyone's having a good time, but you could not hear anybody talk right. or anything like that. And really like that, you know, I, the podcast, I do this because I like to have a conversation. So I like mm -hmm. to sit down. Yeah. And I mean, I, we've been in the same circles and stuff for years and years and years. I've never said this many words to you. No. So <laughs> it's good to do that. It's good to hear yeah. someone's thoughts on things and everything else. And then, you know, you get a background, my problem with social media is, you know, everyone's just got this like couple things they shoot out there. And then as soon as somebody perceives you as a position, then they, they take a counter position or they mm -hmm. get their guard up. You know, like, like we posted that we were going to do the podcast and everybody was like, you got this. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm like, you're going to get here. I'm like, come on over and get some juicy booty. Let's go. Come on, we're going to fight. That, that, you know, that's not what's going to happen. I mean, uh, that's not what somebody who's, got guns and somebody who you know is in the gun business didn't even want to happen you don't want to fight i see all these people that are like yeah well come on and try and take it or it's like the minute that that starts to go down there's 325 million people in this country if 5 million people started shooting 5 million other people oh you're gonna lose your fucking guns then because now we got a civil war happening and then you're gonna have a problem you're going to need to sit down and find middle ground right. in this situation so that everybody can keep their fucking guns. Like just because I hate the power trip that people get on. 
when they get a gun. So, so like that's the culture I didn't grow up in. We didn't. I didn't feel like my cock was bigger because I had a gun in my hand. Like I never felt more powerful than a gun in my hand. In fact, growing up, like I lived in a house with a couple of guys that were all animals, and we were there. We had some shotguns. We were even thinking about that. But I'm like, the one guy goes. Pretty cool someone broke in here. I'm like, yeah, they're pretty cool someone broke in here. We were not thinking about shooting him. We were thinking about getting him, beating the shit out of him, stick him in the basement, tying him to a chair and pissing on him or something like stupid, right? Like like just being animals sort of a thing where like I always felt like we always fought. We always I – mean, growing up, you know, I'm 48 years old, growing up in the 80s and stuff like that, fighting was just a thing that we did on a regular basis – and I always felt like it was a cheap cop out for that thirteen-year-old to pull a gun out. Now you just yeah, you did equalize it. I'm seventeen years old. I can kick the shit out of you, but now I can't because you've got this. I don't think you're tough. I still think you're a pussy, but you've got a gun. Right, right, right. Well, that's that's for sure. But there's so there's all kinds of stuff that's in the news now, and I've gotten a bunch of uh, messages um, like and I. And I, I I almost feel weird about reading some of the questions because I feel like they see me and I've been in my fair share of debates, even countering with you on, on social media. And they know that my position is not one of, you know, slippery slope and you can't make any new gun laws and all this other stuff. So that's one of the talking points. Gun laws don't work because only criminals are only all abiding citizens with the guns. That's bullshit. By that logic, no laws should exist ever anywhere. Laws are not in place to stop crime. Laws are in place to prosecute crime. If there's no law in place and I break it or I do it, then I'm not breaking the law. You can't put me in jail. But if you make a law then I and I go a step across that line, now in court, I'm, you can prosecute me. If, there, if laws stopped anything, murder wouldn't exist because that's been illegal forever. So like, that's not a, a way to say anything. And like, I wish that some of these people would think of the talking points that they say and be like, all right, my friend Joe just lost his son in a mass shooting. Go run all those talking points by him. None of them are going to fly. He's not going to look at you and go, well, no laws. No, that's not going to help my situation. It's certainly not going to bring my son back. Nothing is. But um, so that that's one of them that, you know, no laws will do anything. And then the other one is, is like, I know that that right now we're they're really upset about red flag laws, but these are the same people that were not upset about profiling. Like, well, duh, the guy's got a turban on his head. You gotta search him well, at the that's airport. What I was gonna say after 9/11, we were COVID-19, such a hole in the group of people on right. the actions of a few, right. which is kind of correlates to guns. Sure, 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 sure. I agree. Right. I mean, right. there's, uh, what is that, like 400 million guns in this country, 327 million yes. people. Yes, right, right, right. Um, it's, it's per capita, it's 1.22. Yeah. Right. Right, right. Which is, so, it, mean, which is insane because the very next country in the world hmm. is 62 per capita, 0.62. So it's like less than a, it's a little more than half a gun it per is, person. It is, yeah, yeah. But, um, I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, Australia had a had a, a mass shooting, and then the yeah. country did a huge buyback, and mm-hmm. there hasn't been a mass shooting there since then. Very low, yes, but there's still a lot to have guns, and there's still homicides there. Yeah, with guns. Um, but uh, but reduced in a large way. Reduced I, in a large way. I think that if you study other countries. Because Japan's another one too. They have a gun culture in Japan because that's a warrior, that's a warrior mentality in Japan. Those people are, they're you know they're they're genetically raised in that samurai sort of thing, and but they have laws where if you're a gun owner, you need to have a gun safe, you need to have things locked up, and they do inspections where they have that. So I mean, like, be great at all, but I don't, I wouldn't want. Yeah, I, I wouldn't every either. Month or every year. Right, right. But, um, now, what about that I licensing do think idea? That big mm, red flags. Um, yeah, I do think, like, for example, in Indiana, I'm an Indiana legal resident. So yeah. My gun permit is a lifetime permit. Um, I don't ever have to renew it. That I kind of have a problem with because people I do, too. do change. I think it should be looked at like and a driver's license. And if you're 90 years old, they take you in. If you can't see and hear no more, you can't drive. Right. Sorry, well, Sam. You know, you, it's is, time to start getting to That is something that I would be on board with. Um, mm, lifetime, I don't know because. So oh. many uh, variables could happen. You could have a head injury. You could become super depressed. And, and there's really, that is one thing I would be on board with about as far as changing laws. I think lifetime, eh, it might not be such a great idea. No, there's people that have schizophrenia running in their family and that doesn't manifest itself until you're 40 years old so mm-hmm. if you got your exactly. thing at, at 30 and you were all good to go and then you were on psychotropic drugs mm-hmm. by the time you're 40 you probably shouldn't i mean you know I, I i i don't want to take things away from people but i also don't want to live in a police state i don't want to live in a place right. where I, I don't i don't think that i should spend my where people are worried about where their tax money goes until it's something that it goes for something they want so if people want to keep their bang bang toys and I gotta like outfit every school to be Fort Knox with metal detectors and armed guards and all sort of shit. When we should be able to do something legislation-wise that stops people from like that are on those kind of drugs from getting. You gotta be. There's gotta be something mentally wrong with you to be like. You know what I'm gonna do today? I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna shoot a bunch of teenagers in school. Like that seems. You must have a problem. Well, yeah. I mean. I don't even know if there's any any way that you could stop something from that. From yeah, I don't think you can stop it 100%. Because, I mean, how do you regulate everybody's mental health? No, right. Um, however, if family members or something think that you're, you might be kind of like, you might do something. Mm-hmm. And that's the red flag laws, right? Someone's right. like, hey, hey, hey. Jojo over there has got it. You know, he's been hitting himself in the face of the pan all afternoon. I mean, like, I mean, it's hard because 
there could be a lot of false accusations of limited mental capacity from somebody that might sure. want to now, I will get, hurt you. Right. I will get someone on, I probably buddy Andy on or someone like that, that is, and that, like I said, this is not a debate. I'm just looking to hear your point of view, which actually I'm enjoying it very, very much. Um, Andy will argue more because he's got an unrealistic, in my view, view of it. He's, you know, going to be very upset about red flag laws. He's going to be very upset about. I know a lot of people are. Right. I he's mean, going to be very upset about a gun somebody, registry. If somebody, I mean, people knew that I was being abused in my marriage. And right. People knew that um, guns were in the house. I would have loved for somebody to have said, hey, this guy's abusing his wife. There's a lot of. I mean, I've, I have records of it if the police department with right. the hospital and there was nothing that I, I could do or and I would I would have loved to have some had somebody come and take those guns away from him because I knew someday that he was going to kill me with them. Right. Um but you know but th- this this that- trips into like stuff like the Kavanaugh stuff mm-hmm. and it's just one woman who's saying this thing about this guy and now he gets his guys you know his his uninfringible well, rights taken away and that's the thing i mean it's, it's so hard to uh, there's so many accusations against the sports stars today, you know celebrities and just normal people um that and very little repercussions for that yes for and, sure and uh so now it's almost like cry wolf, you know. Right. You never. It's it's just a weird situation in the red flag laws because there's so many people that are just bitter and would love to hurt you any way they could. And if sure. that's, I think somebody should be, would hurt me I, I, by taking away my guns. Oh yes, right. Yeah, no, it's, right, right. <laughs> right, 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 right. No, I, I, I think that it should be more like a situation where, so, you know, to, to drive a vehicle, you need to go in and get licensed to drive that vehicle. And if something happens, like I got paralyzed, my old license is gone. Like I can't drive. I, you know, I couldn't just because I had a driver's license before and I wasn't mentally, um, you know, uh, in, incapacitated. I just couldn't go buy hand controls and then drive a car. I had to go take. Uh, classes on how to drive a car with hand controls, and then I had to go take tests, and I, you know I had to parallel park and everything else with well, hand controls. I mean, you would want to, yes, so. absolutely. I thought it was perfectly reasonable, right. but so I, now, now here's where I would differ from a lot of my people on the left. I think that if you, I think that you should be able to test into something too. So like you know your AR-15, mm-hmm. maybe you need to test into that. Like maybe that's a such a prolific killing machine as far as it is like it's it's designed so well so light carries so many rounds all this other stuff that you could test mentally like aptitude test why and the ability to use it test into it where you carry a permit that you have that gun but a person that's like mm. 21 years old can just get a foid cart and buy that gun that seems to me like maybe a little bit that's like it's handing them uh, no nah, it's a corvette it's no, 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 no. Yeah, there's a car, and then there's you know a Corvette. One is a little bit better at going really, really but fast. Then you get a special license to get 
No, but uh, an 18 year old shouldn't have one. And I mean, I've gone over this with my sons. Listen, it's too much fucking car. And my sons understand. I'm like, hey, you know, you, you, you're going to get killed driving this thing because you can't. There's plenty of people that jump on a motorcycle and but think they can drive it. With a 45 well, maybe. Right. I think maybe we're star- our starting point is that everybody needs to take some sort of test to get their any gun. And then you need to go through some courses because of the damage that those rounds can do. Like no, not every parent was my parent took me somewhere and had me shoot a roast. Not, you know what I mean? Like these aren't things that happen. And my dad would be like, Hey, see what happened there. Um, what you call it to the roast. If you screw around and that's your thigh, you'll never walk again. So like those were things that were, you know, that were put on me. The problem is, is yeah, my, my cat probably wants to join the, um, so, but those are things that were put on me that I don't believe are putting on everyone. And I think that they were things that were very good that were put on me. So I think that they should have that there should be a class where a guys like, all right, all 30 of you, we're going to go out to this field. Joe here is going to shoot a roast and then I'm going to show you what this does to it. And there is no surgeon that could put this back together if it's your ass or your back or this kind of a thing. I don't have a Right, 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 right. So all I'm saying is test into it. It's it's a it's a massive responsibility. So let's let's test it out. In the testing process, the instructor could be like, "Is this person fucking wacky? Is there something wrong?" And if they see some red flags, for a better use of a better term, they could be like, "All right, listen, you've done all the things that it takes to get the gun, but I believe I'm marking you down as someone that needs to go talk to somebody about this too, because I think you might have some problems as that you said. I've heard you saying like, I can't wait to get all these guns and shoot some motherfuckers or, you know what I mean? Like, or you keep saying, don't touch me and there's no one by you. Like, like there's a problem. Clear. Right, 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 right. There's, yeah. there's an issue. The, the people that are second amendment crusaders right now, their heads are exploding because they're going, you know, everybody's just going to say this about me. And I, I worry to oh, myself. Valid right. Concern. I worry to myself, though, that do you really hear voices? Is there a problem? Should, should there be like maybe I always look at someone and be like, all right, if you, you we just talked about how there's like, you know, one point two guns per capita in this country mm-hmm. or something somewhere along those lines. If you feel that you need 40 or 50 guns, and I know people that have more than that, unless you're like selling or like there's some, I, I know guns. I know guns very well. There's only so many calibers you can buy. There's only so many tools that you, like, I don't, I'm a contractor. I don't need 50 toolboxes to go to a job because I've got everything I need to do the job. So like, why do you need, like, you know what I'm saying? Like you just, it, it, some of it seems excessive, and I get this. I'm not saying that they, they can't have it. All I'm saying is, can we just look you over a little bit closer? Because you got a lot of firepower there. There's a lot of trouble you could cause with that situation. My feeling is, is it's overkill. Why are you doing that? Someone needs to ask that question. Because it's like, I, I have a collection, and um, great. Then the person will look at you, talk to you, and you'll be like, it's a hobby, I have a collection. But I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, for me, it seems like something that's like, oh, wow. And I'm not saying it's a red flag if it's you. What I'm saying is, can we just it's talk to you? A collection of yeah, no, no, same thing. Let's talk to you for a minute and find out if you're all right. All I'm saying is, can I look you in the eye and let's have a talk? 
And there's just five minutes of your time. And if I walk away from her going, oh, yeah, that's a Because people that are off, they will they, they let you know. Like, you can only be – you ever been around someone that's got a, like a schizophrenia or something that's really, really, really going on yeah. with them? How long does it take you to tell? Right. So if that person said to you, I have 60 guns in my basement, would you be like, oh, wait. That would be the red flag time, right? I mean, that, that'd be when I'm like, hey, hey. I mean, if that's how they started. He thinks the neighbor's dog's season, talking no, to him. I would have to. Right. No, I would not. No. Right. Okay. So um, I had some questions that, that, that came offline, uh, you know, online. In fact, my buddy Andy just sent me one, and he wants to know, what are your thoughts? Let me make sure I've got the whole thing here. It's, uh, I think it was longer winded, I think. Really. Okay. Um, I'd like to hear her thoughts on a national gun registry. I think me and you talked about this. Uh, national gun registry. And we talked about it you know, before the podcast. I have no problem with a national gun You see why he has a problem, though, right? You understand why he has a problem? Um, yeah. He's probably, you because know, he's, a, he's a, you know, like, and I don't know what Andy's got exactly. We've never, we've, I've seen some of his guns, but we've never talked about it fully. But he feels like if you're a guy that, you know, there's national gun registry and he's got 50 guns, the first person they're going to come for is the guy with the 50. Because you got to wipe out that well, threat there's first. there's already a federal gun. I mean, your guns are registered. Yeah, up until I a certain point. I disagree. I have plenty of guns that Every gun I bought that from leaves. Will County cops that were not registered. They were not read. They were, and then they, these were officers of the law who were like, hey, I got this breech load, you know, clay shooting gun. You want to buy it? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I like to shoot clay pigeons. That's fine. And I buy the gun, 1200 bucks, give the guy the money, and I got the gun. So, like, there, there's a lot of guns that are not registered. And then go to any truck stop. You can buy a gun from anybody on that lot half the time. And the fucking numbers are busted off the goddamn things. Those yeah, are things. Yeah, I understand that. But not to say every gun is registered, that's a blanket statement that's just patently false. Well, to some point, I mean, yes, there was not, guns weren't registered up until a certain point. I, I can't exactly remember right, right, right. when that was. But now, when you're buying a gun from a gun store, it absolutely yep. is. Yeah. Register right. when you right. do the background check. Right. So, I mean, I can't speak on illegal guns, but because um, that's not how I I I'm right. No, I got it. I got no. I understand. But anytime I've bought a gun, which is always from gun store, or I mean, I bought some guns from gun shows. Those are considered person-to-person -person transactions. There's no right. There's no background check and there's no registry for that. Well, I'm okay. I wish there was. I think that's. I think that. Uh, uh, to, to a point, I know, like, you understand why they okay, don't so want that. So when right? a gun leaves a factory, yep. that serial number yep. is registered yep. to somebody. Yep. Well, it's registered to Walmart or whoever's selling it now. Right. right. When they do your background check, that serial number. Transfers, transfers to you. To you. Yep, got it. So that is then in your possession. When you go into a private sale, say you want to sell that gun. Now, so in Illinois, the background check doesn't work that way from my understanding. Background check works that I buy. I get my background check when I get my FOID card. And I got my FOID card. My FOID card, 
what is that FOI card? I think it's 10 years my FOI card lasts. I still have my, yeah, it's a long time. So if five years in, I do something mm-hmm. and I'm no longer able to have guns, mm-hmm. I still have a FOI card unless someone has taken that FOI card from me situation. Now, there's a waiting period to buy a gun. So I show them the FOI card and then they run mm-hmm. it then. And then, you know, but they just check to see if the FOI card is valid or not. They don't do a background check every time I buy a gun. They just check to see my in Illinois. I've always had to do a background check every time I buy a gun. In Illinois? Oh, in Indiana. Indiana, North. North. Okay, so Illinois' way around that is I have a FOID card in my possession. There's a number on the FOID card. They run, it's my, well, I think it's my driver's license number or something like that, but they run that number. If it doesn't come back in the system that it's valid, then I can't buy a gun. If it comes back valid, that means I haven't had any felonies, I haven't done anything to lose my FOID card. And I'm still good. So it's it's a quick way to – it's a really, really mini, mini background check. I can be beating the shit out of my wife constantly at home. As long as it's not a felony, I'm okay. In Illinois, I'm fine unless it's a felony. You can get a FOIA card. That's the that's the prohibiting thing. I know Tina asked something about – I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I don't have a medical marijuana card. But her concern, and I don't, I don't understand this one. I don't know where they're coming from with it. Maybe you can shed some light on it. I absolutely know about it. But it makes no Something about not being able to have a FOID card if yeah, you have a medical marijuana you, card. If you have a FOID card, you I think it's the other way around that you can't, right? If you have a mm-hmm. medical marijuana, either way, oh, you can get either the, way. You can't. You can have both. Okay. However, the difference is you can. If you have both, since the federal government does not, medical marijuana is is decided by the state. Yeah, it's not decided by the federal federal government considers it still illegal. Yeah. So therefore, you cannot, if you have a medical card, you cannot buy a uh, gun in a gun shop because they cannot. You you'll fail the background check. Okay. Um. Because the background check is through the federal government. Yeah, right. You can, however, buy one through private sale, which is run through the state, mm-hmm. who allows the marijuana. Right. So um, you can buy a firearm. You right, which the whole thing makes no sense to me. It makes no sense to me. Right. Well, it, that crazy. and then to extrapolate even further out. Um, okay, so somebody posted it's another one of those stupid things that someone says, there's a lot of things that, that if you hear it and it sounds good and you want to believe it, you just take it and you go, I believe that. And you run with that. You're just like, you don't even check into it. But they're like, there's, you know, 22,000 gun laws on the books. That is complete bullshit. There, we have 50 states in the union and state gun laws. So the problem with gun laws are, okay, some gun laws aren't to keep guns out of your hands. In Illinois, you're not allowed to hunt with a rifle. We're too flat-landed here, so the round carries too far. You could kill somebody on a golf course half a mile away. If you shoot you know, on an upward trajectory with a 22, it carries and carries and carries. So you're not allowed to do that. That's a gun law. Mm-hmm. That's not a gun law that keeps that, – that's a gun law that, that keeps somebody safe that's not you know, in a hunting situation, but that's not a gun law that, that pertains to keeping guns out of the hands of people that might do a mass shooting. Like Those are not – the gun laws. And then when you have 
You have you have city ordinances that are gun laws. I mean, you have, you have county ordinance ordinances. I can't even keep up with Chicago. Right. Well, Chicago. Right. As all their gun. The Chicago gun laws have to be the way they are because of the amount of people that are all stacked on top of each other. But local gun laws make no fucking sense in a society where we don't have a checkpoint, Charlie. No one checks you when you drive into Chicago. That means I could have just come from Oklahoma, filled my trunk with gun show guns, just fucking filled my trunk all the way, drive right into the, the projects in Chicago, open my trunk and start selling guns. Because they're going to catch me in Chicago and fucking throw me in jail if they catch me. But nobody stopped me from bringing these guns in. That's how all the guns got well, into Chicago. Gun shows. Okay, so my understanding of gun shows is that out-of-state residents cannot just go home with it. That's not true. Because gun shows, at some of them, are treated almost like a flea market. So like you, uh, I think Indiana just recently, maybe in the last seven or eight years change theirs where it's a little stricter. But if you go to uh, Arizona and you're, you live, say you live in Arizona and you've got all your guns, your collection. And one day you just decide I'm no longer, I don't want guns anymore. I don't want anything to do with, you know, something bad happens and you're like, I don't want anything to do with guns, no guns. You can take all your guns, just like you would do a flea market, go to the gun show and sell your guns off. Like you're just putting your wares on a table and you sell your guns and you're selling it person to person. That's it. That's the gun. That's the gun show loophole in a in a layman's terms as far as it goes. You're just selling your stuff because it's your stuff. I think it depends on on the gun. I um, also believe that Illinois residents buying or any uh, any out of state resident Mm -hmm. still has to wait the three day waiting period. Uh, Not at a gun show. I walked into gun shows, bought long guns, not not handguns. But long guns, there's no waiting period. It's a person-to-person transaction, so it's no different than the one I bought it from the cop. I gave him the $1,200. He gave me the gun. Okay. You know I'm saying? A person-to-person sale, if you had one of your guns, in Illinois, I want to say now Illinois has made it where I still need to register that gun even when I buy it person-to-person. So if you had a gun yeah, that I was really... Yeah, right, through the state. Right. If I, had a, if I had a... You had a gun that I really wanted to buy, like, oh, Karen, I want that gun, I want that gun, I'm hounding you for it. You're like, fine, fine. I'm going to sell you this gun. You could sell me that gun Right now, you, we still have to register it, but you're, you're not going to hold it for three days yeah, from me. Right, but you're not going to hold a gun is what I'm saying. You're not going to keep it from me. I mean, there's nobody's watching us. Right. The, the, and I like the, I the waiting period makes sense I'm to me. holding it for three days. But I, I don't believe you have to. Right, right. I don't believe there's anything that says you have to. But mm-hmm. a gun show or gun shop, you do. And the reason is, yeah. is... It's that's and I, I understand this. It's readily most person to persons are like just like I explained. Mm-hmm. Karen, I want that gun. I want that gun. I want that gun. Some of that gun, mm-hmm. and you sell me that gun. But a gun shop is a place where someone that's pissed off could just go in there and buy a gun. No, not a gun shop. No, 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 no. I'm saying the reason that the the waiting shop, the waiting time is in a gun oh. shop is that way is because they don't want someone to walk in there pissed off and buy a gun. So now you come in there pissed off, you go to buy a gun. The guy's like, oh no, you gotta wait. It's like, what do you mean I gotta wait? There's cooling off period. That's so you don't go shoot your wife when you go home. You know what I mean? So, so I get that. That makes all the sense. I don't think I've seen anybody that's ever upset about that. No. I was surprised about it the very first time I bought a I bought a, a, a Remington uh, pump uh, 870 pump shotgun. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I went in the uh, I don't know, 
it was Walmart or so, somewhere where I bought that gun. And I was like planning on hunting. I think it was like a Friday. And I'm like, wait a minute, I can't get it till Monday. They're like, yeah, you can't, three day waiting. I'm like, ah. Uh. So that, and I didn't know, you know, I was just a kid. But, uh, but I was a kid that walked in and I knew, you know, what I wanted and I knew, you know, how to use the gun and all that other stuff. I, I would just like to see, and I took a, uh, I was an NRA member. I took a mm -hmm. safety course as a kid and everything else. Mm -hmm. The NRA was a different thing when I was a kid than it is today. It's more of a lobbying institution now. I don't even see, we used to get this stuff in the mail all the time for the safety courses and stuff like that. I don't even know if that's available. Does the NRA do safety courses anymore? You know what? I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Would that be a question? Yeah, for, um, I could have swore I saw something come across my feet one time. Or, uh, Gun safety class? It was more like an affiliation with the NRA, but it wasn't. The NRA used to do turkey shoots and yeah, all that yeah. other stuff, too, and I don't see any of that stuff. It's not a shooting organization anymore. It's more of a gun rights lobbyist sort of situation. It's what I see yeah, it as. I mean, <laughs> Let me pull up some of those questions. Gun rights have been under fire pretty heavily in the <laughs> I would, I would, I. Okay, so I would say that it's been advantageous for gun manufacturers to even drum up, because gun sales are way down right now because Trump's president. But when Obama was president, gun sales and ammunition sales. Yes, but that's not how. So I always, I always made this like comment that the person that could take your guns won't be a Democrat. It'll be a Republican. And this populist president that you have right now mm -hmm. could do it. He outlawed bump stocks, which I maybe you don't care about. I don't care about it either. Or do you? Is that something you enjoyed using? No, I, I, that to me is kind of a little bit of Right. Okay. Right. I, I never had any use for that at all because obviously I'm not going to shoot more than one round anyway. But that's something that he took away. Obama lets you carry a gun on an Amtrak. Obama lets you – I mean, there's a, these are things he signed into law. He let you carry a gun into a national park. That was not legal before he came. So if anything, that guy expanded your gun rights. He didn't take them away. I mean, there's not one thing that he did taking away-wise during his eight years. But Trump has already done the bump stocks, and I think he's talking about expanding – it's things that you're okay with too that I'm okay with. But – there's other people that are not okay with expanding background checks. Like they don't want. I don't understand. I don't know, and, and, and I'm glad to hear it because honestly, I thought maybe the news was lying to me because they keep saying stuff like 90% of NRA members are fine with with universal background checks, which means everybody's got to get a background check. Now, if you look up online, and I know everything online is not always true, there are states that there's no background check. There, I mean, there's, there's just not. They just don't have that. Illinois only want a FOID card, mm -hmm. like an identification card that says you're okay to buy this stuff. So, like, I don't know in some states whether there's. I think some states a difference between buying the gun or buying the ammunition, which makes no sense to me. Obviously, if you're buying ammunition, you're not gonna throw it at somebody. You've got the gun to put it in. You're just mm -hmm. as dangerous with the ammunition as you are any, anyway. But um, like, there's a map I'm that I pulled up. Right. Well, there's a map I pulled up and they had like all the distinctions on the different states. And I want to say Arizona was the least laxed state as far as that goes. Um, so, but anyways, I, I would like to see simple things 
as far as gun laws go, but they're only, for me, they only make sense on a federal level. State level doesn't matter. If Indiana decided that you had to have all this stuff going on to buy a gun, like they were doing psychological tests and everything else, would matter. I could be a crazy batshit motherfucker and go right into Indiana because there's nothing stopping me in a free country from driving from state to state. So the only way to do anything is on the federal level. So that takes, you know, the Senate and the Congress to, to pass laws that way. And then, um, yeah, because the other ones just don't make any sense. Um, but the, the, the gun registry people are really upset about. And then I've got a whole list of, and I, I don't know, we must have caught fire here because I had, I had, we had a lot of questions earlier. I've got a lot more that have come in just since. Mm-hmm. In fact, Andy was so worried. He got, you know, sent me a personal text. Like, <laughs> better ask her about this, man. Uh, so, uh, all right. Tina's with the, yeah, with says the, 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 the thing there. Okay. And then, uh, Trina says, uh, Oh, why should my rights be infringed? I think I answered that on my end. Mm-hmm. But I think that your rights should be infringed if you're – I don't think your rights should be infringed if you're com- deemed completely sane and, you know, like capable of doing it. But I don't think that we should give – I'll go further and say I think that, like I said, we should open up to testing into – if someone wanted a fully automatic – machine gun and your only time you're going to use it was at a range somewhere and you would to check it in. Like, I think if it makes you happy, you should do it. Like that's fine. If, if that's what you, there are guys who really love just blasting what off. What do you mean by checking it? Like, leaving it there? Yeah, leave it there. Yeah. Oh. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can still carry your handgun home. Just, just the, uh, just the fully auto. You think a fully automatic machine gun should be on the street? On the street or going back to your own home? Well, it could be on the street then. The kid at Sandy Hook shot his mother and took the gun to the school. With a fully automatic rifle? No, 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 I'm just saying that. But the, you're not allowed to have fully automatics right now. Well, I'm yeah. saying you should make it that the guys should be able to yeah, attain Yeah, and there's stuff to take. Right, right. Well, I'm saying that it should be more. It's very difficult and it takes a very long time. Good. Because otherwise, what do you need I that rifle that. for, right? Like. <laughs> Right. I'm just saying I, I'm, I'm open minded about it, but I believe that if you feel like your rights are being infringed because we want to make sure that psychopath right now, if you're on a terrorist, no fly list, you could still buy a gun. Does that seem right? That's true. That That's totally true. If you're on a if you are on a terrorist, no, you can't fly in a plane. You can still buy a gun. I'm 100 percent positive. That's 100 percent true. So if you feel like your rights are infringed because you could possibly put – I think if, if you're ever put on a terrorist no-fly list, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, you're doing something that's that's wrong. So I don't feel like my rights are well, infringed. I though. mean, I, I would just want to if you're that – if you're on a no-fly list, mm-hmm. you can go buy a gun. Yep, positive. I'm 100 percent sure of it. 100 – Without a doubt, there's no reason. I have nothing to gain by lying to you about this. 100% positive, you can be on a terrorist no-fly list, and someone should Google it. And uh, you know if you're one of those red flags. Nope. No. Well, there's, they're only talking about putting the red flag laws in place. There's, there aren't, they aren't there now. Hmm. Um, okay. So you know, kind of that was a little too basic. I don't know how to. Why should my rights be infringed? Um, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that for you. Um, 
Do, um, okay, then Tina asks again, do you believe that the rise in mass shootings is because of an increase in antidepressants? I think it's because of an increase in the media coverage. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think these people that are doing these horrific things shouldn't have their faces all over the place. They're made into representatives of right people that well we uh, we definitely treat people with mental illness different than we did thirty years ago. Thirty years ago, we had a lot more institutions that these people were institutionalized and during the Reagan years they they made laws. And I'm not saying Reagan did. I'm just saying during the eighties there, they made laws to close a lot of those state-run facilities down, and they sent those people home. So now you got people that are schizophrenic that are living at home. Which, if you hear voices, if you think the dogs, neighbors' dogs, talking to you, you probably shouldn't be around anyone that's got guns. I think. I think. Yeah, I mean, a lot of kids that are depressed now, they're seeing these wacko kids with the, you know, shooting up schools being famous. Everybody wants to talk to them. Everybody wants an interview. Everybody wants to hear what they say on TV. Right. You know, they've been. So if, if the government came to you, Karen, and said, all right, Karen, we've got a mass shooting problem in this country. And we do. And there, if you look at the other countries, we have the most of that going on. So maybe it's not the biggest problem in the world. Maybe, you know, 400,000 people die of tobacco every year. We haven't outlawed that. But Karen, we think that your smart enough, you're gun savvy enough, and you have probably the people's ear that have guns. How, what, what, Lisa uh, Henson asked this question, what laws do you think could be in place to help reduce mass shootings? Is there anything you could like fathom that would, you know, they put you in charge of it and what do you try? Even if it doesn't work, you just don't shoot at the wall to see what sticks. I mean, like I said, I, I have no problem with background checks, but yeah. With. So if you, there's a perfect. Way so you're saying universal, wall, universal laws. background checks and expanded background checks. So the background checks a little bit more in depth than it yeah, is right now. It's so hard to say because things can variables can happen in somebody's life that you don't see coming or that you can't prepare for or you know. I mean, they might. We all know people that have seen fine one day and a month later. Yeah, I'm not saying there's a – I don't think anyone thinks there's a cure-all. I, I don't mean, think there's, there's any way to stop there's them There's no all. easy solution. Right. And um, I mean – Well, okay, I'm not asked the question. You are. But I know that in other countries, gun buybacks have been successful. And if you look at a situation like Chicago – um, my dad worked at 72nd and Perry in Chicago at a Dominic's and he said once a week it goes into the John and there's a 22 sitting on top of the toilet paper because they're all carrying a 22 in the small of their back. They come in there, take a shit, take the 22 out, put it on top of the toilet paper, take a shit, wipe their ass and then they leave. They forget that they put the gun on top of there. Mm-hmm. So like everybody's packing heat in the ghetto, you know, it's just a, a gun but that 22 is a piece of shit. It's a, it's a, it's some shitty gun they got off the street. If the government said, "Listen, no questions asked. We won't. We don't. We're not going to look at you at all. You come in with that 22, and we'll give you a hundred dollars." 
those people all need money. They come in with those guns. They go, I'll get another gun. That one only cost me 50 bucks. And it takes a gun off of the street in the city. Does it? I mean, that. Am I going to turn in? You're not going to. No, but no one's asking you to. (laughs) What I'm saying is anyone who wants to, and usually Mm -hmm. it's going to be someone who needs money. So Mm -hmm. instead of robbing the liquor store, Mm -hmm. I just go turn this piece of shit gun I got in that I. Right, right, right. No, I don't think that uh, some of the countries that they're mandatory. I mean, I think Australia was like mandatory, but they bought them back. I don't know if they were mandatory to an extent. I think you could keep your handguns. You had to. You had to go through a little like um, process with that. I'm I'm not real, you know, for sure about it, but I know like rifles and long guns uh, were turned in. But yeah, you could say, to this day you can still have handguns in Australia and right. Yeah. Right. They but just, whatever they've they done has long guns, but they're still killing people with handguns over there. Sure, sure, sure. But not not the uh, I think what the mass shooting that they had was killed fifty two at one time and that was the turning point. I mean New Zealand did something like right after the mosque shooting. Mm-hmm. The, the, they did something right away. Um and there's no arguing the statistics with Australia. There's people that put out memes and stuff like that. Just because you see it on the internet, Australia's had a reduction in mass shootings drastically. Now, do they still kill each other with handguns? Yes, I'm sure they do. But they've had they've had less situations where somebody in the mall just is like walking around picking people off as, as far as that goes. And I don't know if they did something. For all I know, they did something else too. They did something about mental health. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe they're, um, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, on this podcast, no one claims to be some expert. I had Karen on here because I know that she is in a gun culture. I know that you, you know, you're a logical person that I've talked to that I didn't feel like, you know, this is just going to go fucking off the rails right away. And, you know, it hasn't. But, uh, okay. So Jerry asks, uh, why don't uh, – and it's funny, like all these uh, – I love Jerry and I, I like a lot of these people from either sides on here. But they always ask a question that's trying to like, you know, like show their, their point of view a little mm-hmm. bit. But why don't other first world countries that have mental illness, poverty, video games, and drug problems have more mass shootings as a percentage of population than the USA? So, you know, essentially why why – why the USA? Why do we have so many? And I mean, you can't deny. Because we have a lot of kids that are taught respect. They're not. They're very. They're grown up. I mean, they're they're raised to be very entitled and fighting authority. And I I just don't. Switzerland, for example, every male in the household is required to do some sort of military service. And, and I don't think it's just male. I think it's male and female. I, I'm not sure. Maybe, I mean, it yeah, I think you're changed you, they do. I, but it, and, and I think uh, I looked into the Switzerland's not just, so it, it, it's just service, not military service. So you can join their Peace Corps. You can join, mm-hmm. like anything you do, but they, they want you to have two years of service to your country. So it's, if you're... Which I love. I think that's I think it's true, too. Um, I, I actually told my sons, I said, listen, you know, you're going to go to college. You're going to get this engineering degree, whatever you're going to do. I go, 
you know, you guys have the ability. You'll always have a home with me. So why don't you just spend two years digging wells in Africa or doing something that, you know, go fly somewhere and do something that would be an experience for you at 24 years old mm-hmm. that you could never, you know, get back. You're never going to have that time and that energy and everything else when you get older. So go do that for two years. I go, it'll look really good on your resume anyway, as far as that goes. And you served your country. I mean, that's mm-hmm. still service to your country because you're, you're one of the people that's providing aid. So, uh, but I believe that Switzerland, it's every able-bodied person is supposed to be out there for I'm two sure years. I'm not sure if that's women or not. I, I know for a fact that they got a big gun culture in that sure. country. Yep. Um, and you're allowed to keep your rifle after your year term of service is right. over. So, I mean, almost every household in Switzerland has a rifle. Right, right. <laughs> uh, well, so, I saw a documentary on Switzerland, and the gun cultures, it's still a lot different than it is here there the high capacity magazines are not those aren't legal there and the rifles like they they went through like you know at like gun shooting events and stuff like that everyone's shooting the guns that i was shooting for all the mountainous you know wilderness country they're they're not shooting ar-15 i'm sure someone's got one i'm not saying that i'm just saying the rifle that you get is not is not Oh, no, well, it's a military rifle. Yeah, I don't I don't know and if that's the truth or not. I don't, I don't think that they're sending them home with a 30-round magazine and, like, go ahead and... I'm not sure about the 30-round, but right. I know it's a, a very the, big, heavy I, rifle. I think that uh, a lot of those people are not taking that option to take the rifle home. And they are shooting distance. Right, but they're not taking that rifle home because... I want to say I looked up the per capitas on mm-hmm. Switzerland, and it's like 4.49. So like half of the people in the country have a gun. And the other – or all you need to have is one guy with three guns, and then you got three people that don't have guns, or six people that don't have guns then. So our per capita is more guns than people. We have more guns than people. We're the only country that's got more guns than people. Right. I think that very next one is 0.62 or 0.67. There. So it's a drastic, you know, we're, we're a little gun crazy in, in the country. We, 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 we love some guns. But we have a very small percentage of gun owners. I mean, if they can even be registered or using their guns. Right, 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 right. No, I, yeah, I, 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 you know, the, just the numbers that I saw were I mean, that we have, you know, like you said. 300, 10, at least 10 million ARs. Right. Right, right. I don't. I personally don't know how they would ever do that. I think they'd have to do a voluntary buyback and make it where they gave you more than what the gun was worth, and then someone turned them in. They turned them in. If they didn't, then they didn't, and that'd be totally up to you. They would never give you more than worth. I don't know. I'm just saying, if they want to get off the street, they better do something. I don't. I'm not for anyone coming to your house and taking your guns uh, in any way. Uh, all right, Anthony. Uh, oh, it's hard ass. Do you sleep with the same gun each night or switch them up? Same gun? No. No, you switch them up? I switch them up. <laughs> okay. There you go. We answered it. <laughs> it's preposterous. But we answered it. All right. Uh, okay. Um, the, describe the process. Re- okay. Uh, describe the process um, required to purchase firearms, uh, including required permits and how to get those. That's He's got three questions. So. Um, so, you know, the, the process. Uh, for me, the process is pretty honestly, simple. 
I can't remember 25 or so years ago when I got my FOID card in Illinois. I don't, I'm sure it's changed by then. Um, I got my FOID card renewed seven years ago and you just go in, you need a picture ID. They might have a different hour. You can do it online and just click a picture in, email it to them. But, uh, you filled out a form, uh, pretty much got all your information so they can background check you, look you up. And then it takes a couple weeks. They send you out uh, the card because you sent in a picture with your form. Mm-hmm. You know, now you have the card. You can go into the store, buy the gun, wait the waiting period. Uh, handgun's a longer wait period than a, than a long gun, I believe. I thought it was three and five or something like that. I thought it was three for – I know it's it's a certain amount of time for a long gun, and I thought it was a little longer for a handgun. Um, I don't do handguns, so I don't care. Um, but because, uh, like I said, it's, it's – it's not a defensive. It's yeah, not a yeah, but when I went to get my license in Indiana, I just went to the police station and they took my fingerprints. They had me answer 50 questions. Uh, and that was about it. And they did my background check and that was it. Right, right, right. Which is good. I mean, like I, I said, I'd just like to see it expand a little bit more. I'd like to see someone caring whether you're Batshit crazy. It or, did change. Actually, in Indiana, I didn't need a photo on my card. Really? On my uh, carry card. Yeah. So now they do have the photo IDs. Oh, so that's an upgrade. So they upgraded yeah, to a photo, which is good. They should. A photo now. Yeah, because boy, you could falsify that too oh, easy. Yeah. Holy cow! All right. So okay, Tim's second uh, for those for those possibly interested in buying a gun. Is there a way to Try before you buy. Um, would you, yes, there is actually. Yeah. Megasports will let you shoot whatever you want in there. Uh, I don't know if you need a Floyd card. A range, I think you need a range on Probably. Or, but still, you're trying before you buy. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you can go into Megasports and do that. Uh, but, what you I, cannot, but you also have to go with somebody that has a Floyd card. You can't just, if you're a newbie. And yeah, like, you can't just right, grab a gun and start shooting. Right. I, I, that, that sounds right. Uh um, and I believe that most of those places is this other ask is that is there an instructor or class that you could take? And I believe there's always classes you could take. Yeah, she's like, she's like, yeah. yeah right. So there's, there's all and kinds of stuff like that. Off, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, okay, why are sawed-off shotguns illegal while hand while handguns are legal? Sawed-off shotguns. Because their barrels are so short, they're just not. They're. I think it's concealed. I think it's too much power that you can't. That you don't have to conceal. Well, yeah. I mean, you can. It's easy. It's easier to conceal. Yes, but I mean, I really don't see why. You need a, um, a certain license for that. A. Um, well, I don't see why. Because um, your range is so much shorter because the barrel is shorter. Right. It won't right. shoot as far. Yeah, right. right. Well, I, I think that a sawed-off shotgun is the perfect defense weapon because when it's sawed off, it opens up so fast in front of you that you're going to hit every. You're going to spray everything in front mm-hmm. of you. It's a terrible situation in the crowd because you're going to shoot everybody. Exactly. But uh, if you were. You know, in your house, and uh, you had double odd buck in the in the shell. Where there's like twelve, you know, whatever they are, like thirty two caliber BBs in there. Mm-hmm. That thing goes right through a wall and everything else. If there's a 
you know, somebody in the place, you hit that with them, they fly. I mean, that's that's a lot of force going after them. I mean, it's just, you know, you have to aim. You have to aim shit. You just kind of point and hip shot, and here you got it. Right. Um, But, uh, okay, um, Jeff just... No, I don't have a good answer for that one either. Uh, to me, it seems like if a uh, sawed-off shotgun is going to be illegal, there's all kinds of other things you can make it legal that were that are far more deadly than a sawed-off shotgun. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, just asking about the podcast. Keith says, can you comment? And this is, for me, these are nonsense. The UK doesn't make any difference to me. Uh, can you comment on the UK's new push to ban points on, I don't even know if they're doing this or not, this is something that he's saying, on cooking knives and how their stabbing epidemic, 47,000 annually, is or isn't similar to our firearms issue. Um, my, I have a million problems with this. The problems are, we still stab, if you look up the stabbings in the U.S., we still have thousands of stabbings every year. And if you look up, and I did, Far this... More than- AR-15. Right? Far more, yeah, absolutely, yeah, right. And that's why I'm not on board with the AR-15 thing be, being the the you know biggest culprit. Uh, but the other problem with his statistics are 47,000. I believe the number is 44,000 that I looked up. That was last year, and 21,000 of those, they're they're just muggings. They're they're people that haven't they haven't hurt anybody. They just have a knife. This is the the I think the problem that's trying to get solved. Not even get solved, like just reduce, just, 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 we just could get a couple people not killed is the mass shooting situation. The situation where you go to Walmart, some guy drives three hours because he knows a lot of Mexicans are there and he shoots up Walmart because he's got, you know, the ability with these automatic, semi automatic weapons to do this. If he had a knife, yes, he may stab two people or three people, but someone's going to stop him before he can shoot nine in 30 seconds. I mean, you could also Yeah, blow shit up. Right, right, right. I, in no way, shape, or form do I, mean, I think that we could ever stop any you're not killings. Stop you're not. But let can we make it more difficult? Because Timothy McVeigh is a perfect example. Once he did what he did, there's a red flag that goes up when you buy too much fertilizer now. That's how he made his bombs. So now the FBI is watching. And they have they have stopped all kinds of things. We give up our, our freedoms all the time for that security, right? Like the uh, Patriot Act. We gave up all kinds of our privacy. You know, there's a camera on this laptop. They're probably looking at me right now. and like, oh, you're on a list, motherfucker. So, but there's all kinds of times that the Homeland Security has stopped the shoe bomber and like all these other fucking idiots that are trying to do something, which I don't know. You got to weigh that. You got to weigh that balance. For me, if we can reduce the amount of, I don't, I don't want to leave the world in mass shooting. I don't. Like, can we just not, can we figure out a way to not lead the world in mass shootings? That'd be great. And if somehow, well, we're gonna leave because we have more people. No, we don't. India's got five times as many people as we do. China's got three times okay. as many people as we do. Those are just two countries. The per capita number is only. Indians I don't know. But what I'm saying is. The more people, it's you have to do uh, the uh, amount of people pill killed per capita because this uh, this Chicago thing is such bullshit too. The Chicago thing, listen, if you look at per capita 
more people are killed with guns in St. Louis than Chicago. St. Louis, we don't hear about, though. But per capita, and if you go further out and you look at some small towns in Montana, mm-hmm. well, there's only 200 people in there. Some guy gets killed. That's way more people than Chicago. Mm-hmm. There's 2.4 million people in Chicago, and you know a dozen people get killed on the weekend. It, it's it's still way too much. They need to figure out a way to get that to stop. And the only way they're going to get Chicago to chill out is they're going to have to do federal, where you can't drive out of Chicago, get a gun, and come back into Chicago. So that, I mean, that's my solution for it. I don't know what mm-hmm. if you have one or not, but uh, so the, the but so the stabbing thing. I don't know if they're they're taking away pointed knives or not. Like that's just some story. Oh, is he? See, I never know with Keith. I mean, I'd like to hear other points of view, but sometimes I think his jokes are over my head. Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm gonna go by that. Okay, and then yeah, you're, you're, okay. our our good friend Tom, Tom, who's uh, you know I think that's how it is. Uh, <laughs> that Tom. Tom. Uh, what's your comment? Uh, he's all the captain capitals. Uh, I'd love to hear Karen's view. I don't know, okay, the red flag laws. We kind of talked about red flag laws. I, I personally, right? I'm personally fine with them. Listen, if you're fine with profiling, if you're fine with stop and frisk, if you're fine with, you know, hey, that guy looks like he's a terrorist. Let's at least check and see if he's got a bomb in his shoes then it seems to me that you should be fine with, hey, you know, Stevie's a little fucking nuts. Maybe you shouldn't have a bunch of fucking weapons. I don't know. But uh, if, they, if that's what a red flag, a red, uh, red flag law is. Um, okay, what's the difference, uh, Jim? What's the difference in if I protect and defend my family? I don't know if this is a joke either. Uh, family at home with a handgun or an assault rifle. I'm still protecting and defending my family, right, and one may be more effective than the other. Um, my problem is with that is I think it's the wrong weapon. Most people in the country live in a vinyl-sided shitbox, and if I have a long rifle with a high-velocity round coming out of it, it can go through my house to the next one into the next one. Until the baby leaves my if I have a handgun and – He's not talking about AR-15s, just talking about a rifle. But anytime there's a rifle, that round carries further. It's more accurate, it drops well, less. Well, there's a different kind of ammunition you would Yep, for the full metal, metal jacket. Right, right, right. Then it would not drop enough. Right. Absolutely not. Well, like I said, so if I was going to use a handgun. Tuck, in a lot of times, that I'm seeing, the handgun in a long well, it depends on the on the round. A twenty-two it goes on the right. A twenty. Well, and then if you use a short jacket, that's that doesn't have as much load behind it either. Mm-hmm. But if I'm if I'm shooting a really big a forty-four, that's not going to make it through stuff. And sooner or later, that's going to mushroom out where it's going to be too big and it's not going to make it through stuff. But if I'm shooting a armor-piercing two-two-three round, well, you wouldn't use that for home defense. You wouldn't use that for home defense. Well, anyway, Some moron who thinks. This is more deadly. Would absolutely mm-hmm. buy that at Mega Sports. I was yeah. telling you, the, mm-hmm. if, so my solution is fucking education and training, which yeah. you've had and I've had. My background is hunting. Yours is the the gun rep stuff. My problem is that's not a requirement to buy the stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I could be any bozo in the world. I can go buy rounds that say razor shredders and you know all this other crazy mm-hmm. shit. There, there's explosive rounds and shit like that. Well, like, you know, you would hope you need to use but a different kind of ammo. Right. Don't want to 
I think that some people think Bigler is better in every situation. Yep, it's not going to make it through it. Really, just that, I mean, nothing will make go through the bag. Right, right. A shotgun shell is probably, would yeah. do the most damage. Yeah, right. It's still not going to go through the through But. Yeah. All right, so uh, uh, Leanne. Um, oh, she doesn't have a question. Uh, Jerry again would. You support a gun tax on the manufacturer side that would be used to help victims of gun violence and their families when a mass shooting occurs. I don't think that's a viable solution myself. I don't like a tax. I don't think like a fund ought to be the same way I don't want to see metal detectors in schools. I don't pay for shit. Mm-hmm. Fucking figure out how to not put the gun in the guy's hand that's going to do the dump. I, there's, there's fucking 390 million guns in this country, and we don't have that many shootings compared to the amount of guns that we have. So, can we just figure out not to like get the fucking psychopath? Right. Don't let him have the fucking gun. I know that's going to infringe on somebody's rights, but maybe you're a psychopath. But there's, yeah, there's no perfect way to do that. Either. Nope. But it's an imperfect way to let. And trust me, kids the, gun, the gun community does not want this stuff to happen. It's, I think it. I think the gun it's, community it's like and manufacturer invested. Right. When it's right. Right. It's like, oh, goddamn. Right. Well. Okay, I'm glad to hear that, sweetheart. I really am. I mean, I think you're a nice person and everything else, but I think that now you're not one of these people that when there's a mass shooting goes immediately to their fucking computer. It's like, oh, my second amendment raised me. You don't do that. Mm-hmm. Other assholes do it. I'm like, hey, man, you know, I'm feeling for these parents that lost a fucking kid. Now I got to look at social media and you're being a dickwad with your fucking stupid second amendment post because you're so concerned that someone's going to take your fucking boom boom toys away. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need that shit. Like, just save it for some other time. I'm sorry to be yeah, harsh yeah. about it, but yeah, like, have a fucking heart, some empathy. Yes, right. Uh, okay, all right. One more. Uh, also, general question: Can anyone show me where the word "gun" is used in the second? Well, I don't think you're a Second Amendment crusader, and I'm certainly not. So, when someone says something like, "In there, it says my right to bear arms should not be infringed." If I tell you you can't have a tank, I'm not infringing your rights, am I? No. So if I told you if if they drew the so all we're saying is that's the line, if they drew the line at AR-15, your rights wouldn't be infringed because you could still buy all kinds of handguns, you could still buy shotguns, mm-hmm. you could still buy a two-two-three rifle, mm-hmm. you just can't buy that military style rifle. Um, so technically, the, the second well, amendment. Really, I mean, right. You yeah. don't like that? I got it. I got no. I understand <laughs> that, and I want you to have the rifle because it makes you happy to have it. That's fine. What I'm saying is if we're just looking at it from a lawyer's standpoint and saying this is what the Second Amendment says, I'm not infringing on your rights because you can still bear arms. You just can't bear those arms. You can't get a grenade launcher either. You know what I mean? Like, you actually can. Well, what are you talking about? Yeah. I understand that. But the general public cannot just buy grenade launchers. Like, Where do you buy the grenades? Just saying, spent some time in mega sports. I never saw the grenade aisle. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I, I, I could go and I could buy fully automatic weapons right now if I wanted to. Okay. Even though I don't have that. Right, my Even though Just I don't have that classification right now. But. Right, right. But, but what does it take to, so that'd be a good one. What does it take to get that classification? 
first of all, it takes a lot of money because those kind of weapons could be twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Uh, then you have to buy your stamp, two hundred dollars for each each time you want to buy one of these things. So you have to buy a stamp. Where does that money go to? Do you know? Uh, it goes. That goes right to. Uh, I don't remember where it goes. It goes to the federal government because it's a federal license. So there's it's just revenue. Probably. Apparently. Yeah. Okay. But is there any then, qualification for that? Like, do you have to go through? Do you have to see that you're mentally stable, or can the Sandy Hook kid just go in and buy a? No, no, no. Not that I'm aware. But there is like. Doesn't a, seem right. I mean, you're you're waiting almost a year to get that weapon. So. That wouldn't matter. The Las Vegas guy had, like planned the thing for over a year. Was he? That was didn't know that. Well, I know you had the conspiracy theory on that one. What was the conspiracy theory on that one? I know I was like paid being a pain in your ass with that, <laughs> but I was. But like I am not a conspiracy theory guy. Like, uh, so the only conspiracy theory that I like is that this is all the. I was there. This is all the matrix. Uh, doesn't matter. This is all the matrix. That, that that that's the only conspiracy theory that I like. That this is all a simulation. Like life is existential. We're not really here. You're you're just somewhere, somewhere. This is all just a matrix situation. That's the only one that I like because that's the only one that I can't prove. Like you know, but, but other ones like you know, no, the guy was fucking mentally ill. Did what he did, but. Well, there, I I have my theories about what happened. I don't think anybody will ever know the real story about what happened. It, I think the minutia, maybe the details, maybe not, but I think that. The forensic investigator, somebody knows, maybe they're not telling you, that'd be part of conspiracy theory, like the government knows, but they're not going to let you know, like Kennedy and like the UFOs at the Area 51. Somebody knows, mm. but it's not letting that out. No. When you say anybody, no one will ever know, you mean the general public. I mean the general public. Never right. But it's all just speculation. There's no, if anyone had any proof, it wouldn't be us, even if you were there. There's millions of people in Las Vegas. Well, yeah, of course. Right. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, how do you even foresee something like that happening? No, and I don't, I, well, okay. How can you stop that from happening if you have, I mean, who would have thought it See, would See, the problem with that is the only way for you to stop that, if you look at the chain of ways that he acquired the rifles and everything else, the only way for you to stop that from happening is to ban those weapons and that sucks so i don't i don't i don't know i don't want that to be but i still can't deny reality and the reality is if if we lived in a country like great britain where those weapons aren't available to anyone mm-hmm. then it couldn't happen because he, he could stand in that room in a hotel uh, oh, excuse me in a hotel room at that distance with a handgun and not hit shit because it mm-hmm. ain't making it there he needed Long rifles, high-powered uh, uh, cartridges, and that's how he made it. Because he was shooting from some distance, if you believe he was the guy shooting. Um, he was shooting downward trajectory, so, I mean, they carried better, everything else, but a handgun was never going to make it there. Okay, but he, he wanted to kill people. He never found a way to kill mass amounts of people. People. Where, right. where this show was was right off the street. He could have stolen a semi-truck and just plowed over everybody and killed right, more the people, people. Right, but you still, you know, right. And, and okay, so like the Timothy McVeigh thing. Timothy McVeigh bought the fertilizer, made the bombs, 
blew up the Oklahoma building. And we haven't had another one of those since then because they put red flag stuff up. Is they, that why? Or? Yeah, that's why. They've caught people trying to, to make bombs with okay. fertilizer. And I mean, not, I'm not saying that, that anything's going to be perfect. Something could get by them, no doubt. But the fact is nothing has since then. Like we did, they did take legislative action and it changed it. There are countries that took legislative action and statistically it changed. Saying that you can't, they, they won't stop all killing, to me that's not a viable point because I agree, it will not stop all killing. People have killed people since they just picked up a rock and hit them in the head with it. But if you take away the ability to kill lots of people at a time, if I if you had five people and knives, they still couldn't kill 30 people without somebody stopping them. I mean, maybe they could if they're really good with their knives, but chances are someone's going to overpower that person and get the knife, hold them down, whatever, um, where the gun thing is just... Well, because, they've, I mean, now everybody just pulls out a camera phone and videotapes it. <laughs> nobody, yeah, nobody right, 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 anything. right, 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 no, I mean, it's that's pretty kind damn of dumb. Where we are now. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, so, okay. So, I mean, you know, I think that after this conversation, hopefully some people understand that I, I cannot find anyone on the left that's like, and I think that there's people out there. I just don't, maybe they don't live, lo, lo, we live in the Midwest. So, there's a lot more guns and a lot more sportsmen and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I mean, I have a couple hunters coming on and, and stuff. Um, that wants like to take all guns. So I don't, I don't see that as a, I see people saying that all the time, that they're going to confiscate, like it's going to be, you know, like uh, the, the, not the goofy Hitler stuff and everything else. Like that's all silly to me. It's just, we don't live in that world anymore. That's not, I don't know. It's just not the same. I mean, even Hitler, when he was taking all the guns, they didn't have, you know, yet a carbine. We have 400 million guns in this country. Right. So good luck. Right. Right. They're not going to do it. Right. It won't happen. I got it. I mean, what but you agree we could do something that would... What percentage of that 400 million current guns are being used in a crime? Yeah, but what if they did something buyback-wise that was funded to a point where it was advantageous for a third of those guns to get turned in? Like that's a third of those guns. Right. Off. If you want to sell your gun back, go ahead. I, right. I mean, I have no problem. You're saying four hundred million guns, so that means over a hundred. Right, 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 right. But Which, if you want to, go for it. Whatever right. You want. So, but if you if you enacted something like a massive gun buyback program, and you put in place universal background checks, and you put in uh, more in depth background checks, and you took it to the extent where you said, all right. You know, we're going to do a little bit more on the mental health uh, aspect as far as making sure people that are on mm-hmm. those drugs don't have them. If you just did those things, anybody who's perfectly fit to have a gun and wants to hunt, wants to shoot paper targets, wants to do all that stuff, would still be able to do all that stuff. And you wouldn't you wouldn't have the nuisance of constantly batting away flies on social media of people who – and that's something that aggravates me when I see some, somebody arguing with you and they don't know the first thing about guns. I wish they would just – Stop talking. Like you don't know what you're talking about when it comes to guns, but you're talking. Mm-hmm. Just don't, don't talk because you're not helping the situation. You're just coming off as really stupid, um, right? 
Don't you feel that they're really dumb? They're like, you know. Well, I mean, I, I would, if I can educate somebody, I will be glad to educate them. Right, right. Private message, though. But, let's, not, let's not do it out in the open. Right? But, yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. Right. So, um, so, but, I mean, for all those steps were put in place, and then we saw a reduction in school shootings, mall shootings, grocery store shootings. Because, I mean, all it's going to take is somebody figuring out a way to get the, the, the good thing we have going for us is that those situations are usually always lone wolf situations. Mm-hmm. You can never get three people together that are like, hey, let's go shoot a bunch of fucking people. So, because if you could do that, you could get three people to probably sneak an AR 15 in parts into a place. Well, I think I think we have to start separating into divisions, DHR, and DHR places. Let's add that to the, right, good. Add that to the list I of think, things to do. I think they should be phase like and the Right. And I think that's a huge. I mean, I think that's a huge step that could be taken. Good. To right. I'd love to see it happen. Right. I'm fine with that. I don't need to see their fucking face on. Because the, these these kids that are depressed and bullied or whatever. I mean, they're seeing. Oh, look at that! They're getting so much attention. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. Yeah. I mean, I just don't see it being. Good giving these kids the spotlights that right. are doing the I agree. Thing. I agree. And I'm a guy who, if I'm driving down the road and there's some asshole driving like an asshole, I have to speed up just to see what they look like. <laughs> and I don't need to see what I don't need to see what that guy needs to look like. I want to be all right. I probably want to see what the fucking clown <laughs> looks like that's shooting people, but I'll pass. That's fine if it mm-hmm. makes it a situation that you know doesn't get more people killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, good. I, I don't know if there's anything else that we. What do we miss? I know we had more stuff that we talked about on on, uh, on uh, social on, on mm-hmm. Messenger beforehand. You don't think there's anything that's important that you want to get out there? You know, I, I I will think of it while I'm driving down the road. I'm sure. <laughs> come back, though. come back, and we'll talk about it. Because I mean, the conversation was good, and you know, mm-hmm. I feel like uh, I definitely feel like the things that we talked about were. But I like the podcast thing because we could talk about things in depth. We could talk mm-hmm. about the different rounds. We could talk about the, you know. Typing. Well, typing, you only type a little tiny bit, and then someone thinks you're an asshole mm-hmm. and they're gone. Fuck you. And you don't get the same right, 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 right. Uh, now, like I said, I'm sure I'm going to have, I, I'm I'm searching for, and I'm starting to get, I had 4,000 minutes of viewership on the podcast just last month. If somebody's out there and they are a have a viewpoint, I won't. I'll, I'll speak the exact same way I spoke to Karen. That is, I want all guns banned. I want the second. I've heard people say that the Second Amendment needs to be abolished, but not in the not in the way that I think they just take that soundbite and they make that their thing. They say that's the only way that you're going to get changed is if you abolish the Second Amendment, and. People that are gun rights people, their heads just explode at that, that even that sentence coming out of someone's mouth. Um, but I've never heard anybody that was a gun grabber. But if you feel that all guns should be banned, that we should live in the UK, that all that kind of stuff, then bring your statistics, come sit down. I'll gladly have a conversation with you. Um, otherwise, that's all I got. I mean, uh, I think that uh, I think that everything that we came up with seems perfectly reasonable. I believe everybody that should have a gun would still have a gun. Mm-hmm. 
and the gun of their choice. The AR-15 is fine. If you're not going to shoot it, I don't think – I think people get worked up because honestly because of the way it looks. Like it does look – it's an intimidating thing. Um, it's you're a killing thing. me with this. I know. You're I, killing I, me with listen, this. Listen, listen. It looks awful sexy <laughs> in your hand and all that stuff. It's great. But – I'm just saying to you that it's distinctly different looking. It's the difference between a little skinny dude walking in and some bodybuilder walking in. You're like, holy shit. It's a fucking totally different looking animal, even though they both are men, got a penis, an asshole, mouth, or fucking two eyes. It's it's different. Um, So I think that's what triggers people. But I think that everybody who's triggered by that would, in the end, if they could feel like no one was going to have that weapon that would go shoot a bunch of people at it, I think that pacifies them. Like, I don't feel bad about you having that gun. I feel bad about the guy that shoots 30 people having that gun. That's the thing I'm worried about. So the 409 people that were killed last year with that gun, that's my problem. I don't have a problem with the 7-dog No, no, I have a problem with that too. But I'm, no, no, no. I'm saying to you, the guy who obtained that gun is my problem. But he's my problem if he obtains any gun. He shouldn't have any gun because he could kill two people. I completely agree with right, that. Right, right. The hair fifteen it's, is. It's just how do you how do you know who's right? I think you have to pass laws that try and find that out. And I don't care if they don't work. I think when you have pe- people with dead six year olds in their arms. You, as a country, you have to produce something. Even if it doesn't work, you got to try it. Okay, we tried this. Still more issue. Okay, fuck that. Let's try this. You got. I don't want to sound insensitive. Go, go, go. Yeah, say. But there have been far more six-year-olds killed in the last year drunk driving right but that's still right but we still we have we have definitely if if me and you got a dui when we were 18 years old or 22 years old it's a totally different animal than if you got a dui today you just cost two grand i knew a guy that i knew a guy i was working construction with we're on the roof and he's like i want to buy your truck from you and i'm like okay he goes bud can you keep it in your name i'm like well fuck no and he goes well i've got nine duis I stood up on the roof and I said, nine. He has nine. Who the fuck would give you car keys after fucking five? You know what I mean? So no, I, I wouldn't sell you my truck for a million dollars and keep it in my name. You're going to get another DUI and it's going to be in my name. No, but that was then. He could get nine DUIs and afford, you know, like pay them out today. It'll cost you fucking 10 grand if you have a DUI. And you can't get nine of them. You'd be in jail. Like, that's it. I don't even know how I get to that point. I don't know. This was, you know, I was 19 years old or whatever. But what I'm saying is we have made things tougher and tougher in that situation. So I don't understand why we can't make things tougher. I don't understand why we're making things tougher for AI-15. I don't, I, well, I don't know. I don't, I'm telling you, I think it's the looks. I know, I know. <laughs> right. I, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that it looks intimidating. It looks the same. It's the same thing you see as the guy that's in Afghanistan and he's running around like, you know, clearing the village and you have this in your hand. And they're like, hey, right, because it is. You're right. More people are killed with butt. So here's the slippery slope that you're on. If you stand rigid with the AR-15, 
the next thing that they say, there was a guy that was just on YouTube the other day talking uh, at uh, with a Beto uh, um, rally, and a lady said, you know, the AR-15's not the fucking same thing you did. The next comment was, I am a survivor of Columbine. I was in the school when those guys shot all those people at Columbine, and most of the people were not killed with an AR-15. I would like to see all semi-automatic weapons banned because that's what they use. They use semi-automatic rifles and handguns and they killed all those teenagers in there in Columbine. So my thing is, is if you don't do something to reduce this situation, and I know, I don't think it should be the AR-15, but if you don't, if we don't do these other things that we talked about, it's going to be the AR-15. I'm telling you, that thing looks too ominous and they're going to do that. And then if that doesn't, it is, it is exactly. But here's the problem. The next thing they're going to, they're going to do something next then, right? They're not going to, they're not going to go, okay, fine. Take the AR-15s back. Let's try something else. They're going to go, okay, we took the AR-15s. That didn't work. We're going to take all of the uh, semi-automatic handguns now because that's what they're using. And then you're going to lose those too. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you at some point, the tipping point's going to be there and we're going to do something. The demographic is changing. Every time there's a mass shooting and just 20 people get killed, mm-hmm. think about how many people do you know and that love you? Like, or like you very much. <laughs> a lot. A lot. Mm-hmm. More than 100 people probably, right? That you would say in, in your in your life that like you very much. There'd be more than 100 people that would be very, very sad, maybe life-changing if they found out you were murdered in a grocery store getting, you know, bananas and eggs mm-hmm. today with a semi-automatic 9mm, you know, Beretta you were shot with. So that adds to the other side. So the tipping point's coming. I'm telling you, uh, I'm watching it. And probably 10, 15 years ago, we were nowhere near it, but we are getting there right now. There are Republicans that are saying we got to do something. I mean, Marco Rubio is saying we've got to pass more gun laws. He's in Mm -hmm. Florida. He's a fucking Republican. Like Mm -hmm. that's a backward ass state if there ever was one. So I'm just saying that something needs to be done. I mean, if it's not reduced, it's going to be bigger. They're going to do more. And I, again, I say that, and immediately I think there's some little part in people's brains that goes, oh, this motherfucker wants to take all my fucking guns. And if that's not what I want. We, I've been through this for fucking two and a half hours now. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I want you to keep your fucking guns, but you better do something to stop this other thing from happening because... I mean... How do you stop somebody that flips out right. one day? I think the only thing you can do is stop them from having people the, around that person. All you can do is stop them from having them. the ability to kill 30 people is all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And they're going to do something. They have done in other countries. This is two people that have a gun culture that are talking. What if I sat someone in the room that had never held a gun in their life, never has any desire on it, never been around it? They would disagree with both of us. They would be like, fuck that, fuck all that. I don't need anything. Like, I've never had a gun, I've never lived in the house with a gun. Here I am alive, breathing, my grandparents are breathing. Like they would say that you were absolutely crazy for me to have a pile of guns over there. Like, what? Why do you have a pile of- I have a pile of guns, a crossbow, like I got all kinds of fucking weapons. Mm-hmm. Mine are all for shooting bunnies and shit, but like you know well, yeah, all, all my weapons um for have different purposes. Yeah, right. Competition, honey. See now, I think that's a viable. I think that's a viable thing that's on the rise. 
the the competition, the shooting, and I find it enjoyable myself. Um, I find it a little too expensive as far as like the rounds and stuff. Yeah, it's like super expensive. But uh, I, I, it's a free country. I want to keep it a free country. If it makes you happy to go shoot paper targets or, or any of that kind of thing, then that's fine. From a strictly hunting point of view, ever see the movie The Deer Hunter? Oh, you should see that. You should see that. Okay, oh, really? Good Lord. Uh, well, okay, so The Deer Hunter, uh, Robert De Niro was the, the most – the best hunter out of all of them, right? He was the most serious guy out of all of them. And his best friend was Christopher Walkins. And the rest of the guys they were hunting with, there's a bunch of them. They're all fucking schmoes. You would not want to hunt with them. They're out there blasting fucking, they're doing all this dumb shit and everything else. And De Niro's line was one shot, one kill, one shot, one kill. And so like, you know, that to me is important. So, you know, I could buy a box of shotgun shells and it would last me, the whole season because I'm gonna, there's 25 shells in there. I'm going to shoot 25 pheasants. Right, right. I'm just saying like it's one shell per bird. That's all I need because that's what I'm going to do. It, when we used to see from a purely, purely hunting standpoint, when we used to people see people shooting paper targets, it just used to giggle. Like, that's the, it was a silly thing in my mind. Now people think that people shooting stuff for you is probably silly. Somebody does. I mean, it doesn't hunt. And I think there's people that, that have guns that don't hunt. But to me, that's just weird. Like, growing up where I grew up. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think paper targets is kind of fun. Yeah, right, 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 right. Well, For you. you. Right. I mean, I I've think never shot a paper target in my your, life. I guess I've shot a paper target that way. But more like we set up a piece of plywood, we set up the sandbags. And then, you know, we dial in our sights yeah. uh, that yeah. way. Uh, so, I mean, you know, different things. But, again, I, I come from a place where I want to see mass shooting stops. And if you're a gun advocate, wouldn't it be better to see no mass shootings? Yeah, I would love to never see it happen From a strictly selfish point of view, isn't it better? Because if that, that happens. But in the same token, I want to <laughs> I agree with you, and I want you to keep the shit. Absolutely, I agree. All right, let's let's let's, let's wrap it up here. Uh, what you call it? Uh, please, uh, you know, I, I don't do this for money. Uh, I know I can see the analytics. I got a ton of viewership. I got, like I said, four thousand minutes last month. I did two podcasts last month, and that was it. Um, you know, subscribe. Uh, there's nothing to it. It's the little red button down in the corner there it does nothing you will not get emails all it does is the next time that you get on youtube there will be a little red dot on your notifications it'll tell you that there's a new episode of my conversation with people who know stuff um if you're listening to this on uh you know apple or uh google play thanks rate us you know let me know what, what i'm doing what i could do better throw some comments down if um Anyone's got other questions? Karen is, uh, I believe, a wealth of information on the gun stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, let me know. Send me a message. Send her a message if you know her. Um, good time. Hope you did too. Yeah, good, good, good. All right. Thanks. That's it.